Captain's Flog, 30 Dot Lashes. I'm Captain Daddy Dom Britton. And I'm Mermaid Whaler Pat. These are the voyages of Starship USS McDonald's Play Place, our ongoing mission to explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringed and base, and to boldly go where everyone's, everyone's hung like morn! Everyone, Soy Trek, here we come! Welcome to the bridge! This is Soy Trek, the show where two Trekkies ask themselves, Hey baby, is that a diaper you're wearing, or a portable glory hole? (laughs) You gonna suck whatever I pull out of this adult diaper? (laughs) Hell yeah, I I like to buy the, the, like the, 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 um... I'd say the five to eight pull-ups because they go, they're all extra tight. And like, you can see the outline of my dick from like space in that thing, man. Uh, it sucks though. Cause some of them have like the cartoon characters and stuff on them. Mm. I'm like, man, goofy be making my dick look small up in here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fuck you, goofy. That's not cool. What, how long is it before the <laughs> prodigy characters end up on diapers? Um, ooh, that's a good question. I mean, do they, like, do they you have know, the we, same? We have all the equipment to do that right now. <laughs> we can, we, I, I, we prodigy have, underoos. I mean, a prodigy pull ups or like prodigy yeah, pull ups, like uh, you know, late childhood diapers. <laughs> Like we sh- we should do it in like a really specific weird age range, just for no reason. Just I think we're gonna get a lot of weird listeners after that. <laughs> just be like, yeah, we make uh, diapers for uh, twelve to sixteen year olds. Like, wait, excuse me, what? what, what? Twelve to sixty year olds? No, this is like. Well, I mean, they're kind of like adult sized diapers, like sixteen year olds, like adult sized. No, no. They're only for 12 to 16 year olds. God damn it. It's my vision. It's my vision. My vision. They're not for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, we derailed that one. Uh, this, wowie zowie. Wowie zowie. Uh, if you're week, still listening. <laughs> thank uh, you. <laughs> if you're still listening. Why? Why? Uh, Turn back now, it gets worse. uh, This week, uh, we will be watching and reviewing Star Trek Prodigy Season 1, Episode 11, Asylum. Mm. But before that, let's talk a little bit about what's new in the world of Trek and the world outside of Trek. It's a time for Trek news. We got got Trek news for you. News you can use to wash away your blues. We got Trek news. It was announced this week in an article by Parrot Analytics that uh, is actually not run by birds, run by people, which is Hmm. an interesting choice to call yourself Parrot Analytics and not be run by parrots. Seems a little, uh, I don't know, cultural appropriation much. And how how much longer do you think before we'd actually do have parrots? Because like parrots can get as smart as a five-year-old child. 
I mean, lots of things can get as smart as a five-year-old child. <laughs> like, that's not Me, a high mark. Not, I haven't yet, but, <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say, fingers four, 40-year-old adults cannot get as smart as five-year-old <laughs> children in many, many cases. Yeah, I was out. I've been outsmarted by many a parrot, so. Yeah, yeah, like, you know that show, Are You uh, Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, that was, uh, was hosted by Jeff Foxworthy? Of, mm-hmm. Or, uh, you, you might be a redneck if. Uh, fame. <laughs> if, if you've been outsmarted by a fifth grader. <laughs> yeah, there you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you might be a redneck if you live in a rural, underserved community. <laughs> like, oh, what? Oh, boo. Ooh, boo. That's funny right there. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Fart. Um, so anyway, parrot analytics, not run by parrots, run by people. Mm. Kind of a kind of a real switcheroo there. Um, uh, according to them, in an article, Star Trek Picard is the most in-demand show, not just in Star Trek, but on Paramount Plus altogether. Wrong. <laughs> I mean, according to this article, man. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know what in-demand means. I don't know if it what metrics they were using because they said like. They averaged out the demand over time. And I'm like, what do you mean by demand? <laughs> and like, no matter how hard I searched into this, like they never very much clarified what they were using. I don't, I don't know if it's like the ratings for streaming, if they just use demand metrics instead or what the fuck it was. Yeah. Cause like also like a lot of, um, I mean, I notice like my Paramount thing. If I can, if I keep it going, like it automatically just starts playing Picard no matter what. Oh, interesting. And so, like, I and I think like, um, so it it's, count- their, it's their screensaver. Yeah, it, yeah, it counts if like you view. I think after a few minutes, even if you turn it off, if if it just plays for a little bit, it counts as as a viewing. So, so, so it's one of those things where like, um, yeah, it's like if you let YouTube play for long enough, no matter what. What happens if you're a white male? It will always eventually play like a Ben, ben Shapiro, Shapiro or yeah. a Jordan Peterson, Matt video, Walsh right? or something. Yeah, and so, and so obviously, like YouTube and the algorithm or someone behind this is actually trying to, or even if they're not trying to, they are inadvertently culturally creating an algorithm in a system whereby people are, you know, they're being brainwashed. Yeah, and they're being brainwashed to a certain worldview. Yeah. And so it makes me wonder, does Paramount Plus want their viewers to be weird old men <laughs> with like very weird old emotional issues? And here's an interesting mm. thing. I mean, um, I think we'll all be like that when we're older. <laughs> right, right. So so interesting fact. Um, going through this article, it compared a lot of different metrics and a lot of different like uh, broadcast television versus streaming television. Mm-hmm. Uh, CBS, who obviously is like Paramount Plus, they're kind of the same company. Mm-hmm. Uh, CBS, their broadcasting has the oldest average age of any viewership of any network by nine years. Wow. Their average viewer is 66 years old. The next closest one is like 57. That makes sense because like, I don't know if you scroll through Paramount to see what the shows they offer, but. No, I it's don't like, because it's dog shit. It's for old people. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like it's like the like weird shows I've never even heard of, and like you know, like that has like the one like Tom Selleck cop show. I think Blue Bloods or something. Oh yeah. And it's just like yeah, it's just like who watches this? And old I guess people. you just yeah, yeah, just sixty year olds. I mean, I mean, I've definitely like I definitely I think the only other shows I watch on there besides Star Trek are like Ghosts and uh, Bar Rescue, of course. 
<laughs> I've heard of Bar Rescue, never heard of ghosts. Oh wait, oh. no, no, I have, I've had that's the comedy one where it's like some ghosts living in a mansion, mm-hmm. and, and like, there's they have the American version on on uh, on CBS. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So is it originally British or mm-hmm. yeah. oh, okay? So, yeah, it's originally a British show, and a okay. the American show is okay. Like yeah. it definitely has moments. There's like moments where it gets I don't know, kind of cheesy for me, but yeah. that's good. I mean, and you're vegan, so you don't really like cheesy. No, yeah, and I'm like, ugh, cheesy. I mm. can't digest that. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have diarrhea Better in get my out adult the- diaper. Yes. <laughs> Better get out the portable glory hole. <laughs> hey, hey, honey, you want a, you, you want a chili dog? <laughs> I apologize on the behalf of Soy Trek. No, you don't. <laughs> You think that's funny. I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the article, the ratings analytic company, Parrot Analytics, once again, run by people, mm-hmm. not parrots, uh, compares different streaming markets in the United States and different streaming platforms. Demand was weighted against average traffic of shows and expressed as a multiplier. Uh, the most popular show on each platform is as follows. Do you want me to go top to bottom or bottom to top? I guess uh, bottom to top. Bottom to top. Yeah, so, I have a surprise to see what the top is. Yeah, so uh, you won't be surprised. <laughs> Least um, popular streaming platform is Peacock. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, NBC's streaming platform. Their most popular show is Bel Air, which is 8.38 times <laughs> as on demand as a regular show. I totally forgot about that. It's the uh, it's the serious um drama of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> I, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to watch it because I used to watch Fresh Prince constantly when I was mm-hmm. a kid. I love that show. <laughs> yeah, so so that's only got about eight times the regular uh, demand mm-hmm. of a show. Uh, next up, um, at number, we got eight on this list. So number seven is Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. which has Star Trek Picard. That has 18 times the mm-hmm. regular demand. Next we have Hulu with A Handmaid's Tale is their most popular with 22 times the regular demand. That show really fell off. Uh-huh. Like that's doing the new season. Uh-huh. I like, mean, once you're done with the book, like why continue? Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like it kind of like, like fell into like the um, Orange is the New Black thing where right. it's just like, you know, it has a very strong first season. Right. And then like it just kind of loses the thread in the previous seasons. Like uh-huh. I was, I just got like, yeah, just like fatigued with the whole concept i'm just like nah i don't want to watch this anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. uh next we have amazon prime video uh whose most popular show or sorry next is apple tv plus mm. uh with ted lasso is their most popular show that has 26 times regular demand mm. uh very close behind or very close ahead is uh amazon prime video with the boys as their uh leading show with a uh, 29 times the regular demand mm. next we have hbo max uh, which this actually kind of surprised me. Uh, or flag means death is their top show. Oh, interesting. Right. That was a good show. Yeah, I mean, well, th- that's their top show that's airing right now. So. Mm. But yeah, that has thirty times regular demand. Okay, so just a little bit more than the boys. Um, Disney Plus is number two with The Mandalorian at mm. thirty-seven times regular demand. Mm. What do you think number one is? Uh, what's left? There's only one Netflix. Yeah, there you go. Um, what's the popular show on Netflix? Oh, of course. I think you should leave. No. <laughs> oh. No, it's Stranger Things. Oh, that's right. Yeah, with, I totally forgot. With 93 times the amount of regular demand. That's so amazing. Like, I, I didn't even watch the last season of that because I don't know, that's another show I feel just like, like 
just got exhausted. Yeah, but it's also you know it's October. Oh right yeah, now, so it makes Halloween sense. time. Yeah, spooky season. <laughs> well, what was that? <laughs> there you go. That's better. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, for, thank you for the witch's laugh. <laughs> well, this is really good. You should. Uh, you should, you should look for a career in lawn ornament that scares children. <laughs> I was thinking about that where I was thinking this year, I was thinking about, I mean, I am going to, if you know, if you want to come to my house, I'll be outside this uh, Halloween juggling, um, uh, glowing uh, juggling balls. So, uh-huh. but I was considering uh, wearing like a scarecrow outfit. Does your, does uh, your um, controlling officer let you do that? <laughs> Parole. Technically, is it, is it parole? technically I'm allowed to do whatever I want on my porch. <laughs> if someone wants to come to my porch, that's their business. <laughs> but, uh, um, but uh, <laughs> hey, 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 kid, I like your adult diaper. <laughs> you want to come, uh, come up on my porch and show it to me? But one thing I was considering was, you know, you know those houses that leave out the big bowl of candy and say, take one. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about leaving that out. But then, like, dress like, you know, like I'm like one of those, like, scarecrows with a pumpkin head. Ooh. And, and just be sitting on a chair and so kids won't think I'm real. And then, like, quickly go, like, get out of there. like, <laughs> the candy's poisoned with fentanyl. <laughs> 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 you all have fentanyl disease. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to pass out and die in the street. <laughs> I gave you all Havana syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I think I missed my calling as like a haunted haunted house uh, scare actor. Never too late, dog. It's never too late. Yeah, I, th- I should do that next year. Just yeah. like sign up to do some haunted houses, you know, freak kids out. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, like, I, mean, I, do it year, I do it year round. You're, you're signing, you're fucking putting in your job applications, <laughs> qualifications. I scare children. <laughs> I have this many court orders against me. This is like, you get hired and you're like, so... I think it might actually have to do this on my porch. Otherwise, I don't think I'm legally allowed to be here. So if you can just move this haunted house to my porch. <laughs> the haunted porch. The haunted porch. There's just like one weird guy hanging out on it. <laughs> just juggling. <laughs> just juggling balls. and <laughs> He's all lying out the door. Uh, okay, well. So it's interesting to note that while the most popular show on the entire platform, Star Trek Picard also boasts the lowest audience score mm. for any Star Trek ever. Yeah, I mean, people are watching it, but they don't like it. I mean, yeah, no, they're hate watching <laughs> it. And they're, I think everyone's hate watching it. Yeah, basically. Um, so, <laughs> but you know, hate watching is still a watch, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, they're like, well, they'd love to hate it. And I think that's, I think that's the direction they're going. And they're just like, what can we do to make people mad <laughs> that, right. they, that they can't help but watch and watch this 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 uh, thing that was so dear to their heart just go up in flames? <laughs> They're like <laughs> just throwing around ideas for season three. It's like, what if we bring back Q and give him AIDS? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, but now he's also black. Listen, he's black, too. What if we shot Jordy in the head? <laughs> you know, it's just like... <laughs> Uh, Riker, Riker, now he does cocaine and he sells cocaine too. Yeah, really like, into coke. You're watching it and like halfway through, you're like, wait, are they just doing Breaking Bad scripts? There's <laughs> <laughs> like doing, doing the exact script of Breaking Bad episodes, but like just, just have the different actors just changing the names. I mean, 
Patrick Patrick Stewart would actually be a pretty good Walter White, I think. Yeah, I mean, he was good in uh, Green Room, where he played... Uh, That's what you said. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, really? Yeah, um, he's yeah he plays a villain in Green Room. He's, that was pretty good. Yeah, he's he, was, in, he was great in um, Masterminds, where he played a villain with a mm. mustache. Oh, shit. He had a mustache. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, you know, I think he had a... He had a like a beard, like a goatee, and a yeah. But beard. was it a mustache? No, it wasn't. Oh, bummer. Fuck, you missed out. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. The uh, Picard has the lowest audience score for any Star Trek ever on both Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, having an average score of between twenty-five to a maximum forty percent for either of its seasons. Oddly, the critics' score settles somewhere between the seventies and eighties. That's surprising to me. Yeah. Because um, it's, I mean, you know, if you were to just watch it critically, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, the thing, too, is, like, they have, I, I think a lot of these scores are, like, someone, you know, critical watch the first two episodes of a season and oh, yeah. assign it a score. And then this aggregator will pick up that score. I don't think it's mostly people reviewing the entire season. Mm. Because, I mean, I, I can't imagine... Yeah, a lot of reviews do come out before the ser- series finishes. And, right. So. And and Picard, Picard specifically Picard Season 2, really goes off the fucking rails. Yeah, so, uh, like, like, especially, goes in. yeah, Episode 9 and 10 are just like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, especially Episode 9. Yeah. Was just a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a big wet shit <laughs> coming from an adult diaper. <laughs> no, no, because that's hot. Oh, yeah. This this, this wasn't something I masturbate to. <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was Q getting AIDS. Like, yeah, yeah. They gave Q AIDS. Not happy about that. No. That's too many letters. I only know, I can only remember three <laughs> letters at a time. There's four. I'm back from the dead, Picard, but now I have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to die again. <laughs> but but actually, no, because there's actually lots of medicines available now, and AIDS is no longer the death sentence it once was back in the 80s. <laughs> they just bring him on for one episode. Yeah. He says that credits roll <laughs> never on ever again. I'm told I'm going to live a very long life, very long, healthy life. That would that. <laughs> You know what? You changed my mind. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty good story arc. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, good for you, Q. Yeah, yeah all right. All right. <laughs> I like that message. That's a good message. Uh, and, and Q, I just want you to know that we are here to, to, to support you in all your decisions. And you know who else we brought to support you? Stacey Abrams from the future. <laughs> She's the president She's of the future. She's now the future of, of Earth. She's now the president of Earth. In the past and the future. <laughs> oh my god! So, um, uh, what what streaming services do you use? Do you have a favorite? Uh, what I do like, you mostly watch. I like HBO. Okay, HBO Max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, they just put uh, Barbarian up on there, which is oh, a good yeah. movie. Yeah, and uh, my favorite. Uh, they also, they, also they put my favorite Star Wars movie on uh, on HBO just recently. Oh, uh, Star Wars Christmas special? No, uh, Doctor Sleep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best Star Wars movie that's ever been made. What? <laughs> it's a Star Wars movie. Trust me. That's a must be a weird deep reference. But you know what? This isn't a Star it, Wars it's, podcast. It's, it's not a. De- it's it. You watch it and you're like, this is fucking Star Wars, and it's uh-huh. good. It's actually do- Star Wars done good. Yeah. Trust me. Watch Doctor Sleep. It's a very good movie. <laughs> yeah. so it's actually a sequel to The Shining, but mm-hmm. it's actually a good Star Wars movie. 
Is it a sequel to The Shining, the book or the movie? Uh, the movie. So yeah, mm, defer- it, uh, it has like a, uh, it does have a lookalike of Jack Nicholson. Um, also, and also, um, what's her face? You know, played the the wife. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. Shelley like, does a very amazing um, uh, Shelley Duvall impression. Nice. And uh, and yeah, like um, Ewan McGregor plays grown up Danny. God, I'm, I'm Shelley Duvall is amazing. Yeah, I think she's amazingly hot. She's a smoke show yeah. because she looks like fucking ridiculously weird like she's like she she yeah like she, she does look like she's from under the sea yeah she she just looks like you're just like what is up with your genetics and you're just yeah. like there's something not right about your face but because of that i'm kind of into it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just like yeah yeah i i don't know what it is it's like weird looking people it's uh mm-hmm. it's the 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 french concept uh jolie liad i think is, yeah. is, is the pretty ugly concept yeah. we're like Someone can be so weird looking that they're suddenly beautiful, like like Adrian Brody. Yeah, like that dude was weird looking, but he's like so weird looking, he's gorgeous. And you're like, mm-hmm. he's like just goes right past the the like the the are they good looking spectrum, and it's just like suddenly gorgeous. How I don't know. It works though. Uh, it works for him. Yeah, works for him. So uh, HBO Max. Anything else you watch? Uh, what else do I watch? Pretty. Uh, I just finished The Patient on Hulu. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's Steve Carell and uh, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. Did it take a long time? No. Oh, so you weren't patient? I wasn't patient. <laughs> oh, what's up? <laughs> that was a joke. Oh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I was watching uh, the Lord of the Rings prequel, but that got kind of annoying real quick. Like it just, I don't know. It just felt too self-referential to things. It's like, oh, we like we just took the Southlands. No, these Southlands are now called Mordor. Type shit. Oh. So it just had like has like a lot of shit like that. I'm like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, that doesn't sound too much fun. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, I like Plex. Yes, you do my, like my, Plex. My Plex server is probably the thing I want. You got uh, Officer Tuba on there? No. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> rocks. I was actually thinking. Yeah, and now I have access to your Plex account. I was thinking about watching a uh, Yes Ma'am has uh, a yeah. has a uh, Michelle Yeoh in it and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Got lots of good kung fu on there. Oh yeah. Um, also, uh, YouTube, love YouTube. You, uh, oh, I would yeah. actually recommend YouTube premium, like everybody. It's, it's yeah. great. I hate ads. It saves you like, honestly, a lot of time in your life. Yeah. I was watching lots of movies. I was watching a uh, stalker, you know, uh, yeah, right. I watched stalker on there. Uh, the cat who wore sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. I've got that one. Oh, you got that one? Yeah. yeah. Cat who wore sunglasses. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a good, uh, yeah. You can find lots of like Russian movies on, uh, on, uh, on YouTube, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Russian, Russian poop in your diaper. <laughs> Those kind of movies. No, the 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 poop is Russian out. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Russian out your ass <laughs> in the diaper. That's the kind of Russian movies I'm into. Uh, also, Disney Plus because uh, their cartoons are great. Uh, mm. They have X Men, the animated series, oh, which shit. is the best. That's the sickest uh, fucking uh, theme song. Yeah, it's the coolest theme song. It's also like pretty political in in a pretty like leftist way. It's super interesting. Also, Gargoyles. Oh, that show rocks. Yeah, and it's got William Frakes as the I don't know how to describe him. He's kind of villainish 
anti-heroish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mirna Sirtis is in it too. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's Desdemona. Good. Yeah, hell yeah. And uh, Brent Spiner also makes an appearance in that. Uh, as does Lavar Burton. As Lavar Burton. As does Michael Dorn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much the entire cast of TNG is on there at some point. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, like you can make an argument like Gargrills is a, a holodeck program. <laughs> Could, you know, that uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen that on something. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sure you you just stole that. No, I made it up. I made it up out of my brain space. I picked it from a mind grape. I've I've seen I've seen your brain space. I've I've opened up and looked under that hood. Uh, I don't I don't believe that personally. It's, uh, there's like tumbleweeds in there, man. I'm going to be placed in a jar named Abby Normal when I, when, when I die. It's like oh, this brain just goes in a jar. We're going to study it. Yeah, not much to study. By no, me. not much to study. Just just like the little like the the. What's that song? This pick at the strawer. What? Just like little cartoon characters playing like the little banjos. It's going on in there. You know, little green ghouls. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have know. no idea what you're describing. At I'm all. just thinking. Which from... really proves my point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. I got bad brains. <laughs> and not the band. Not the band. Bummer. Um, that dude on. used to come into where I worked. HR. What dude? Uh, dude from Bad Brains. HR? Yeah. That sucks. His name is Human Resources. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so moving on in Trek news. Following up on a mystery we were looking into earlier this year. I think it was actually like a couple weeks ago. It's finally been resolved. What happened to all the Star Trek movies on streaming? Oh, yeah, that's right. They yeah. all disappeared. This week... HBO Max announced that they will begin streaming all 10 uh, Star Trek, the original series, and TNG movies starting November 1st, including the director's cuts of The Motion Picture, The Undiscovered Country, and Generations. Mm. Uh, Not the director's cuts of the other ones. And they will not be uh, showing the three Kelvin-era films, two of which remain on Paramount+. Plus. uh, But I think, is it... Into Darkness is still on AMC or something. So those Mm. are all fucked up. It's really weird, and it kind of like, you know, Paramount Plus made a big deal last year uh, when they were like, uh, the the place for all of Trek, Paramount Plus. Yeah. Every series of every episode, every show, and every movie, and then now, like... That's pretty much why I got I got the subscription. I was just like, well, I gotta watch my trick. Right, and then they they're like, uh, oh, b- by the way, um, and it sucks a lot too because like now especially this season really especially fucking lower decks was so referential to all of the original Star Trek films yeah. at some point, mm-hmm. and now you can't go back and check in on those references at all unless you you know get HBO Max as well. Yeah, I'm glad I got to uh, when I had the C word. Uh, I watched a uh, cunt cunt. Oh no. COVID. Um, oh, co- okay. Yeah. I, I, I just sat in my room and watched all the movies. So. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what do you mean? C word? You can say it's a podcast. Like it's a non monetized at this moment podcast. Like yeah. no one's coming down on us. We, we said we don't have the, we don't have the blue chew money yet. And when we do or the gate or the gape glove money. Oh, I mean, that's money we got to make ourselves. We got to make the gape gloves. Oh, yeah. And I think I figured out what they are. So so they're like, you know, like um, I think they're like gardening glove type things because they, they have the grippy stuff on them. It looks like I, I did. Um, uh, what do you call it? Research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But they, yeah, they look like they have grippy. They're grippy on the on the palms, but like right. soft everywhere else. Right, and so like there's a lot of gardening gloves that are like that. And so mm. I gotta buy some like gardening gloves that are like grippy, but like soft everywhere else. I'll bring you a pair of gloves that we get well, at work. I, like, I feel like a, maybe a cut glove would actually be good for them. No, yeah, cut, yeah. The problem is like um, you know like screen printing on there and getting gape gloves to like really stand out and like stay on there because mm-hmm. the gloves have to be elastic and so. The screen printer, whatever's on there, the ink has to be able to move with the fabric very well. Yeah, it's true. Because it's very porous as well. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so there's a, there's a lot of ins and outs we have to figure out. And uh, I'm, we're seriously, I'm serious. <laughs> Back to the soy, tra- about- the soy Trek Laboratory, finally, gape gloves. <laughs> <laughs> finally. Yeah, because the thing is, like, gape gloves exist, but like, Someone definitely made them for these porn producers, and I feel like they might be the only people on earth that actually have them. Yeah. And so we need to be the other people that provide them. and Provide, like, a, provide essential service for the people. 100%. And in doing so, people will discover our podcast. Because, <laughs> you know. Hopefully while gaping. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are really into anal sex <laughs> who I think would also really be into this podcast. Yeah. It's 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 it it's a uh, it's a complete circle. It's like you know you do like a a Venn diagram. Venn diagram, and, and it just, just looks like a big old gaping butthole. <laughs> <laughs> just put just put two little hands on it, just pulling at each side. Oh yeah, I love a goatsy. Yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, that's that's all we got for Trek news this week. So let's uh, move on, maybe, and talk about some real news in the world. Did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you might not have, because you were working all day while I, this happened. I was. Um, intruder uh, broke into Nancy Pelosi's house <laughs> and attacked her husband. Holy shit! I didn't even hear beat about the this. Shit out of her husband, calling "Where's Nancy?" So. That'd <laughs> be funny if he like did, did like the Twin Peaks thing, just put, smash his face against the mirror, like "Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy?" <laughs> it turns, <laughs> turns out Nancy's uh, her husband was alone, and he was just going crazy and turning into Bob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the husband of uh, that's cr- that is crazy though. Uh, like this that that dude in plus wasn't her husband just this year like uh, drunk driving? Yeah, yeah. So um, so. He's not having a good year. <laughs> not at all. So in San Francisco, uh, the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was attacked and severely beaten with a hammer. Holy fuck. By an assailant who broke into the couple's San Francisco home. Oh, that's, what, the, today. that's what that tweet was referencing. I saw someone tweeting about like uh, uh, just breaking into people's houses and beating them with hammers. I was yeah. like, hey. so, <laughs> I didn't know it was a reference yeah, to that. So, so uh, apparently he was searching for the Democratic leader shouting, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Mm. The assault on the 82-year-old Paul Pelosi injected new uneasiness. He's 82. He's 82. Fuck. Um, uh, into the nation's already toxic political climate just 11 days before the midterm elections, which is kind of fucked. Uh, it carries chilling echoes of January 6, uh, 2021, uh, insurrection at the Capitol. I don't uh, think anyone got beaten with a hammer. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's a stupid part of this AP article. Fuck yeah. you, writer. Uh, so Speaker Pelosi, who was in Washington at the time of the California attack, arrived in San Francisco late today. Her motorcade was seen arriving at the hospital where her husband was being treated for his injuries. And uh, I think it came out that he was, like, um, uh, having brain surgery or something. Did the So the guy just, like, beat him and left, or did he get caught? Uh, yeah, so... <clears throat> 42-year-old David DePepe 
De Pepe? De Pepe. De Pepe. Oh, He's shit. He's De Pepe. Oh, my he, God. It's, the frog beat him to death. <laughs> <laughs> the cartoon frog. <laughs> he, came out of the inter- he came out of the internet and was just like, I gotta kill him. I gotta no, kill Nancy. Not, cart- not, not Pepe. So 42-year-old <laughs> David uh, De Pepe was arrested on suspicion of attempted murder, elder abuse, and burglary and remained in the hospital late Friday, police said. Mm. Paul Pelosi underwent surgery to repair a skull fracture and serious injuries to his right arm and hands, and his doctors expect a full recovery, which is surprising. Yeah, holy shit. Like, oh. yeah, not many not many 82-year-olds survive assault with a hammer. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Joe Biden had some things to ramble about. He said, uh, hey, Jack, there's too much violence Political violence, too much hatred, too much. It vitriol. seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. But where are those good old-fashioned values <laughs> on which we used to rely? Um, Paul Pelosi is a family guy. <laughs> now he's in the hospital, beaten with a hammer. Uh, they should put De Pepe in the slammer. <laughs> or give him an award. <laughs> He's a Pepe guy. All right, there's enough of that. Yeah. Um, so uh, Biden continued. What makes what makes us think it's not going to corrode the political climate? Enough is enough is enough. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, I mean, was this guy just like you know not all all the way there? Was it like did they know for sure it was like totally politically motivated? <laughs> Uh, apparently so. I mean, he's in the hospital, I guess. So yeah. I don't know what, what happened, but, uh, yeah. so, Jen, mm, Jean de Pepe, the suspect's stepfather said the suspect lived with him in Canada until he was 14 and was a quiet boy. He was reclusive. He said, adding, he was never violent. Uh, the stepfather said he hadn't seen de Pepe since 2003, so Holy 19 shit. years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember him being really nice. <laughs> haven't He won't talk to me. He hasn't in two decades. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a stepdad, uh, and he tried to get in touch with him several times over the years without success. Um, lawmakers from both parties condemned the attack, even though their rhetoric is directly responsible for all of it. Hmm. So uh, that's that's pretty... Interesting, huh? Yeah, that's pretty wild news. Like, you think if, like, yeah, I mean, he doesn't sound like he's probably all 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 together there. Because, like, you know, if it was, like, a coordinated attack, he'd probably be monitoring, like, her at her activity and her movements. Her bowel movements. Her bowel movements. <laughs> Time to strike. It's been, it's solid. Like, uh, <laughs> hey, Nancy, what's in that diaper? <laughs> You got something for me, Nancy? Got something for me, Nancy? You got a political contribution from my mouth? Because, <laughs> yeah, it just seems like a rant, like he just randomly decided to go to the Pelosi's house and whether or not, and just like, you know, I guess he had a 50-50 chance of whether or not she'd be there. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it was like, you know, something that was really planned. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Only her husband was there and he still beat him with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, man, shoot your shot. Like better than that. <laughs> like <laughs> you just come on. You really missed your mark and made yourself look really bad, and made like your cause and whatever mm-hmm. look terrible. Like if you actually, if he would have killed Nancy Pelosi, like 
he would have been like seen as a folk hero by a lot of people, and now no one sees mm-hmm. him as a folk hero. Mm-mm. He's just a guy who beat up a, a fucking old drunk man. Yeah, we don't have we don't have the Shinzo Abe shooter. <laughs> right, this dude. is yeah. not this guy is no Shinzo Abe killer. Yeah, that guy, cool, cool, still maintain, cool. <laughs> fucking made himself a fucking steampunk gun mm-hmm. and fucking blasted the dude, and then just like <laughs> surrendered. That's dude, honorable. Yeah. The dude yeah. is a fucking modern day samurai. Mm-hmm. Dude, like that dude rocks. This dude, no honor in beating an old man <laughs> with a hammer. Honor in killing a real guy who did real harm. Because fucking Paul Pelosi, yeah, he's done real material bad by like playing stocks due to his fucking oh, dealings yeah. and dealings yeah, with him his and, wife. Him and Nancy are just like, they seem to be, you know, how did these uh, people that, you know, lifetime uh you know nancy like a lifetime uh politician public servant you know just be suddenly become like this huge millionaire <laughs> almost overnight you know and it's just like you know interesting hmm. wow that's, they made some great stock picks <laughs> they're just very good guessers yeah very good guessers they're very, they're, they're good at playing guessing the guessing things. games yeah yeah, yeah. I won't play guess who against those no, two fuck people no. they would they get it every single time yeah because they're always like they're black, aren't they? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh. Do they look homeless? <laughs> uh, I don't know what that even means. Hmm. How do I put this? Are they black? Hmm. Um, are, are they what? No, shit. Uh, do they look homeless? You know what I mean. You've you've been to Sanford. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Do they look homeless? Just yes or no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, I guess... I don't care if that guy recovers, but fuck doing that to an old dude that's fucked up. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Yeah, I mean, being I mean, just, beaten to death with a hammer isn't, like, the ideal way to go no. out. <laughs> I, I guess it's like, next time, if you're going to do something cool, do something cool. Don't, like... Don't half-ass it. Yeah, don't half-ass <laughs> it and do something categorically uncool. Yeah. Like beating Nancy Pelosi to death with a hammer, like that would have been an insane news cycle. Oh yes, it would. <laughs> and like, I'll just say I wouldn't know exactly what to express about it because I wouldn't know exactly how to feel about it. Yeah, because I mean, you know, an act of violence like that towards any human being is you know fundamentally wrong and fucked up. Yeah. But killing Nancy Pelosi by beating her to death with a hammer <laughs> is like something I would write a death metal song about. A hundred percent. I mean, because, you still can. Yeah, Except you might yeah. get, we probably get a visit from Secret Service or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just take a hammer, get it engraved, Paul Pelosi, <laughs> or Nancy's next. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we we don't endorse going beating people with hammers. Definitely not. The, yeah, no, that, a, a, individual acts of violence. I mean, acts of violence towards people are are fundamentally like immoral and wrong. Yeah, the ethics of them can be debated towards certain people who are causing active violence and active material harm to many people. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we can talk about that. Like you know, every it's it's undeniable. People are like, oh yeah, it would have been fine to kill Hitler. Yeah, it's it's just where do you set the bar? You know, and uh, I don't, I don't, I think Paul Pelosi's under that bar, even though he's definitely a despicable man who has done great material harm to many things, given the way he has led his life and him and his wife lead their lives. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, if you're going to beat someone to death with a hammer, make it Nancy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. We do not endorse killing people with hammers. Just... Don't kill Nancy Pelosi with a hammer. <laughs> I'm just saying it would have been... It's a lot less cool to do Paul than Nancy. So that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. We won't get visit from the Secret Service. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. We I, think still, we, I think we covered. No, I think, no, I think no, we no. covered our bases. No, 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 no we didn't. It'll, it'll be me. Don't worry. You're safe. They don't go to Tacoma. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'll no be, one goes I'll, to Tacoma. No, I'll be for you. Be yeah. Does it still smell there? It doesn't even smell there anymore. Oh God! I got to introduce that to my friend from Baltimore. She came to visit, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Oh yeah, the, the Tacoma aroma isn't out." And then she's like, "Tacoma aroma." And then we went driving somewhere, and she was immediately like, I was like, oh, the Tacoma Roma, Tacoma Roma. And she took her out the window. Oh, it like, still comes out every now and again? Oh, God. Because it used to be like back in the 90s, it was always there. It uh, was ever present. During the summer, there was one night it woke me up out of a dead sleep. Wow. <laughs> it was so bad. I couldn't, I couldn't go back to sleep. It was so awful. I was just like, ah! <laughs> You, you could you couldn't stop stop thinking about what's in them diapers. <laughs> oh my god, it smells like diapers. It smells I like have it's, an uncontrollable boner that I can't. It's, it's, it smells like diapers filled with half half digested meow mix. That's that's how I would describe it. Like it it, it I get a meow mix vibes from it. Like it's sm- like I, every time I smell it, it reminds me of feeding my cat. <laughs> I want chicken. I want liver. Big fat diaper. Please deliver. <laughs> Uh, All right. So speaking of big fat diapers, moving on in real news this week, uh, profits at seven biggest oil firms in the world soar to almost 150 billion this year. Whoa, what? Record profits. Profits of the world's biggest oil companies have soared to nearly $150 billion already this year. Uh, as Russia's war on Ukraine has pushed up energy prices, according to estimates from analysts. Britain's Shell and France's Total Energies on Thursday reported profits for the first nine months of 2022 at $59 billion. U.S. rivals Chevron and ExxonMobil uh, had a combined $70 billion, while 2022 profits from Britain's BP will break the $20 billion mark on Tuesday. Uh, the cumulative takings for the seven biggest private sector oil drillers during the first nine months of 2022 could hit $173 billion, according to analysts for the S&P, which would make it a record. Uh, compared to last year, uh, Shell has made $30 billion by this time this year. Last year it was $12 billion. Mm. Uh, so double. BP, more than double. ExxonMobil, almost triple. Chevron, almost triple. Total Energies, almost triple. ConocoPhillips, almost triple. Um, mm. Interesting. <laughs> uh, like, it's, it's, I mean, this, how do we stop this? Yeah. Like, short of violence, because, I mean, yeah. nothing, nothing else has worked with oil companies, and they, they keep on destroying the planet and making record profits, mm-hmm. and at the expense of everyone is... The problem is it's something everyone needs. Energy is a commodity that yeah. we all need. And, like, you know, the, they have done so many things. You know, have you ever seen the film Who Killed the Electric Car? Mm-mm. It's a great, great film on basically oil companies killing the electric car back in the 70s and the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, also killing, you know, public transportation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and all the things that are a threat to... <laughs> 
through us, you know, selling us, you know, uh, all this oil <laughs> that is like the lifeblood for them. And, and the problem, the problem is, is we, we so intrinsically tie it like America's obsession with cars and tying yeah. cars to the idea of freedom is fucking mm-hmm. ridiculous. Oh yeah. Anything but. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, it makes you a slave to so many things. Like it makes you basically a slave to your car. And if yeah. your car doesn't work, like you've set up your life around predicated around the idea that you have a working vehicle. Yeah. And so like living in a place like Alaska, I lived in like, not what I call rural Alaska. Cause I, I live in a town that by the time I left was maybe 30,000 people. And it was only 15 miles away from Anchorage, which is a city mm-hmm. of, you know, the 300,000 people, pretty big city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it wasn't rural Alaska, but I mean, all of the resources and everything were in the big town and that's where all the jobs were. So, you had to have a car. Yeah. The bus came uh, once every hour Yeah, to Eagle River, a mm-hmm. town of 30,000 people. One bus came once an hour for only 12 hours a day. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, if you if your uh, shift ends after that, you know, you're, you're shit fucked. out of luck. Yeah, you're yeah. fucked. So you have to have a car. Yeah. Uh, or you have to work in the town you're in. And mm-hmm. the town was not walkable. Like, nope. all the houses were away from the businesses. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all fucked. And like, you know, um, a lot of it is, is, you know, American planning, but a lot of that is lobbying by oil groups for, for planning because mm-hmm. the bigger cities they have, the more highways they have, the more money they make Oh yeah, because it makes us more reliant on cars. Cause it's not like we make a highway and they just like start adding bus lines. That's yeah. never fucking happened. Oh yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's like, um, it's interesting. Cause yeah, that's, uh. Like you look back and um, you know places like Los Angeles and New York did have very accessible public transportation <laughs> back before they decided to make it completely car based, mm-hmm. and now it's like uh, now it's like a nightmare in both those places. <laughs> and, yeah, and of course it was like everywhere, and the you know it's just like yeah, like you know being stuck in traffic for two and a half hours every day when after after work is nightmare for me <laughs> yeah that really sucks man you should like get a job in tacoma or yeah, mo- was, like move closer to here i was thinking about it yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah i get it yeah i get it yeah because yeah but yeah like uh yeah just like it's just the way you know things change like you know your living how living situations can change on a dime and mm-hmm. and it's just like oh well now you gotta move here and your job is here i mean have you looked at like a little more east side because you can get like a like you can rent like a little house or something in like ruralish, like yeah, Issaquah mm-hmm. or like uh, Snohomish. Not Snohomish. I mean, you could go north, like Snoqualmie. Yeah, Snoqualmie. Yeah, there's a lot of places around here where you could like find a cool place for pretty cheap, actually. Mm. Like, or even like some places in Woodenville are super cheap. Yeah, I, I was thinking about looking into that. Yeah, yeah you, sh- you should definitely look saving up. Yeah, you know, probably get a trailer. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, cool trailer and a, and have a dog. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's uh, there's actually a street right up there mm-hmm. with like with open parking. Oh shit! Yeah, so you could you could come get a trailer, just hang out, and you could just <laughs> walk over here. Scare kids dressed like a scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, I, and I could like tell people not to go uh, near the trailer on uh, Fifth Street, and they'd be like, "What? What's in there?" I'd be like, "You don't want to know the horrors. You don't want to know." Uh, Horrors beyond your comprehension. <laughs> In a world where a man has too many diapers. 
he never throws them away. They just keep they keep piling in his in, a, in his bedroom in his house in his trailer. <laughs> the trailer started to sag at the at that one side because of the weight of the diapers. <laughs> the diaper hoarder. The diaper hoarder. Does he eat them? Does he sleep on them? We don't know. Does he have sex with them? All of the above. All of the above, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Better watch out for that guy. I am diapers. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, speaking of diapers, you want to watch a kids show made for <laughs> babies and diapers? Hells yeah. All righty. Well, uh, this week, uh, none other than Star Trek po- Prodigy premiered. So, let's get into some Prodigy, baby. Nothing but a prodigy thing, baby. Just two dumb assholes talking crazy. Soy Trek is a podcast that pays, man. A cap, so please don't try to mace, man. Oh, hell yeah, I like that song. Well, thank you. Ain't nothing but a prodigy thing. Oh, yeah. Perfect. There we go. Uh, so, let's, uh, if you haven't watched Prodigy before, let's give a quip, quick quip, a quip recap. A quip rip hip. A rip keycap. <laughs> Uh, a quick key bump. Let's give you a quick key bump on Star Trek Prodigy. Yeah. We're going to do cocaine about a children's <laughs> show. Uh, you know, let's, let, next time, let's do some bath salts before we, uh, oh, yeah. Launch. Like, and I'm talking about like go to Lush and get like a bath. Oh, yeah, yeah. Smoke that. You know, like to have a nice bath. Like a nice, <laughs> have a, before nap, we... a, a nice podcaster's bath together. You <laughs> yeah. know, you know, we'll, you know we'll something that exfoliates. Rub a tub, tub, two guys in a tub. Something that exfoliates and also has some sort of like soothing balm for my sciatica. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's uh, let's give a quick recap yeah. for folks who haven't seen this guy. So if you didn't watch the first half of the season, here is your recap. The show is centered around two main characters, I'd say. Uh, mm, yeah. Dahl and Gwyn. Yeah. Uh, Dahl is an alien of unknown species and origin who is raised by a Ferengi woman, but sold into slavery by her to a, uh, into mining a giant asteroid owned by Gwyn's father, who is known as the Diviner. Mm-hmm. Uh, while mining with another character, Rock, who is this big rock-type alien, mm-hmm. uh, Dahl finds a long-lost Federation starship known as the Protostar, which was originally commanded by Captain Chakotay, who has been lost for several years now along with the ship. It's soon revealed that the Diviner doesn't really care about the mining operation on the asteroid and is actually after the ship, the Protostar. Mm. To get the ship working, Dahl recruits engineer Jenkem Pog, uh, a speechless worm named Wor- Murph, Rock, uh, who's like an eight-year-old rock giant, and eventually Gwyn, after she double-crosses them like 30 times. Yeah, they give her a lot of chances. They give her way too many. They should have like <laughs> literally executed her in like the third episode, and I'm like, <laughs> just kill her. Yeah, they didn't. They gave her a lot of chances, and eventually she like makes a bunch of teal turns and comes back around and is nice. Again. Yeah, now she's like fully on their side. Yeah, yeah, and at least at least for now, like until yeah. she recovers her memories, right? And she and it's uh, important to note now that uh, Doll and Gwyn, it, I think at this point, are both seventeen years old. Yeah, Rock is eight years old at the beginning of the series, uh, mm-hmm. and then there's a time like 
dilation episode thing that happens. So we don't know exactly how old Rock is. Rock could be between like eight years old. In actual time, Rock is just eight years old still. But yeah, Rock could be like twenty for all we know. We don't know how long they were in that time dilation. It could be. Cycle. It could be also be a Baby Yoda situation. Good Where point. Baby Yoda, you know, Baby Yoda's like fifty years old, right. which is weird to me. Like you don't leave the baby stage for 50 years. That's kind of odd. It yeah. seems more of like a sexual fetish at that point. I was going to say, <laughs> I think for y- for you, it's weird because like you just want to fuck an old man, mm. but you're like, that's a baby, but also an old man. I can't be doing this. That's confusing. yeah. I'm just having like that, you know, like the, the logic paradox in my brain's like just leaking out of my ears, trying to right. reason with but it. Me, an intersectional person is like, no, I'll fuck that baby. <laughs> It's an old man, baby. I fuck that baby. I definitely fuck that baby. It's an old man, baby. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) That joke was corny, baby. Corny, baby. Um, Yeah. This is now an Austin Powers cast. (laughs) Hells yeah. I decided that. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. The only good Austin Powers movie is the first one. (laughs) Liar. (laughs) Yeah, there's lots of uh, like uh, you know, like Prodigy. There's lots of good uh voice actors in it. it has Jimmy Simpson, like mm-hmm. uh, John Noble, who was like uh, in Lord of the Rings, the guy that ate the mm-hmm. ate the uh, ate the tomato very sinisterly. Yeah, and my my personal favorite voice actor in there, uh, Jason Manzukis. Jason, yes, Jason uh, Manzukis, who, who plays Jenkum Pog, which mm-hmm. Jenkum Pog, the greatest name ever. I don't know if you remember uh, what Jenkum is. Oh, I do. It's it's uh, listeners. If you don't remember, it was an internet sensation that people said was a thing that they did in Africa back in like the early two mid two thousands or something. Yeah, and it, I don't think it ever existed. No, it was definitely like a, like something that came from a person's diseased mind. Yeah, just like yeah. oh, but, what if you fermented shit? Yeah, the idea was <laughs> that yeah, like Africans were to get high, fermenting like raw sewage and would take it also the, seems very racist <laughs> right exactly and and taking the the gases that it made basically mm-hmm. and just like huffing them and getting high on on sewage gases which i guess technically could be feasible but i feel like also that would immediately make you like vomit violently yeah That's like i remember i remember when the jinkum phase uh when the uh was going on like i remember people saying like let's make some jinkum like no. <laughs> I'ma make some jinkum in my jinkos if you know what I mean. <laughs> Slop it up like a chili dog. Oh god. Yeah. Um <laughs> I mean you you do a lot of like kind of half measures with the jinkum because you just mm-hmm. have all those diapers in your trailer. That's true. So I kind of probably am producing jinkum in my own way. You just like, are. like I mean, accidental jinkum. Accidental jinkum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's my new album name oh yeah (laughs) it needs to have like a picture of you just like kind of like it's just like all you know kind of like white and pink or and in peach kind of colored and you're just kind of like sitting there like pensively thinking (laughs) and just like looking off in the distance and it says accidental jinko (laughs) brilliant Uh, so yeah, uh, that the uh, this show's about uh, diapers. That's it. No, um, yeah. so to get the ship working, uh, Dahl recruits engineer Jenkin Pog, a speechless worm named Murph, Rock, and eventually Gwyn. Once the ship is working, it's revealed that it is assisted by a holographic version yeah. of Captain Janeway, played yeah. by none other than Kate Milgrew herself. Yeah, we love Janeway. We certainly do. 
through a series of events, the Diviner gets the Protostar to return to him, promising the crew to exchange it for the lives of all of the miners in the operation, who he refers to as the Unwanted. Mm. But he attempts to double-cross them, and after revealing to Gwen that he has been sent back in time to use the Protostar as a weapon to destroy Starfleet so they may never make first contact with his people and cause their doom. Gwen double-crosses him and saves the unwanted by using uh, another character, Zero, Mm -hmm. to make her father go mad. Mm -hmm. However, in doing so, she glances at it and loses her memory. Yeah, it was kind of very... um... Was it a Raiders of the Lost Ark type thing? Very much so, yeah. yeah. So uh, with her, with the Diviner defeated, uh, they leave him there on the asteroid, uh, just kind of in stasis, going mad. And Which seems kind of fucked up. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. It's just like, but they made him lose his mind, and they're just yeah, like, they really should have just executed. Him. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, or, or at least left him with, you know. Yeah, it probably would have been more humane. <laughs> Left him with like a diaper replicator yeah. so he would have something to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, they leave the Diviner there mad on the barren rock and take off with a protostar to go towards Starfleet. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that is, I think, a decent recap. Do you have anything to add there? You just watched, you just caught up with it. Yeah, I mean, there's a... Uh... There's some good episodes like that really uh, that, you know, they do. um, It does seem like it's introducing like the concepts of like Starfleet and the Federation to younger people. Yeah. You know, and um, so there's some good episodes with that. And uh, one episode I thought was kind of weird was like the episode where um, uh, Doll is playing around with the with the holodeck and then like uh, tries to take the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, and he keeps on doing it and actually beats it. Yeah, it beats he it. Actually beats it. Yeah. But but that does have it's kind of weird though where it brings back some like dead actors from Star Trek and, and reuses like old clips of them talking. Right. I thought it was kind of bizarre. And also like the point of the Kobayashi Maru isn't to take it more than one time. Yeah. I think if you take it more than one time, you really kind of you miss the point because it's, it's kind how- of like a groundhog day situation where if you constantly take it it's the same scenario. Yeah. And then, like, you know, eventually. eventually you'll figure out some way to get around the programming. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it makes you better at anything. No. Yeah. And you really you're missing. I mean, it eventually catches up with the with the point of the of the of the exercise. But, yeah, it's a, it's no matter. It's a, it you it's to teach you how to lose mm-hmm. and that still, you and accept it. I still kind of like that episode, though. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. Although, actually, you know what? No, I didn't. Because, you know, what really bothered me hmm. uh, is them using clips of a bunch of dead people <laughs> yeah. so that they, was really weird yeah they used uh let's see uh renee abergenois for odo mm-hmm. and they put him on the bridge crew too which i'm like which is he odd. never served on a starship as a bridge officer he mm. wouldn't know what to do yeah that doesn't make any sense Mm-mm. uh and then they put fucking ahura on calm no navigation yeah not on calm and i was like that doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. uh, like she doesn't and also uh, it was the Enterprise D bridge, so they actually put her on ops, which wasn't even a station when she served. No, yeah. like that uh, ops was originally more science, and that mm-hmm. was like sensors and shit. Mm-hmm. And like so, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy as a science. They said he was a science officer, but he was in the first uh, mm-hmm. 
first officer's position. And then, and then James Doohan in uh, Tactical. That's true, yeah. Which yeah. was, uh, yeah, they made him an engineer. And, yeah. and he's like, I need a better engineer. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm James Doohan. <laughs> I just came here for the diaper, please. <laughs> um, yeah. They can make me say whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is like, they took so many different clips from so many different types of media. The, that the audio changes. The Spock stuff at the end was awful because yeah. they took like parts where like Leonard Nimoy's old and then parts where he's like in his 30s. Yeah. And so he's like, <laughs> sometimes, or like, sometimes, Jim, it's the major menu. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'm Spock. Yeah. And and I'm like, dude, no. This I'm is... on death's door. <laughs> Please, I need health insurance. <laughs> Please, help don't me. make me act anymore. <laughs> Star Trek Into Darkness <laughs> describes my life. The ear prosthetics have given me cancer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, yeah, that was a guy. It was kind of weird. And plus, it was weird. They also used um, Gates McFadden, who reprised her role. That's true. That's true. But she was. She was the only one that was still alive, I think. Right. Was Nichelle Nichols uh alive? No, she, she was still alive. She was still alive. What, so, yeah, because that was earlier this year. Yeah, it was uh, she still alive? She, she, she had already had, like, dimension stuff, so she was oh, yeah, and, kind of on death's doorstep. Yeah, but, like, but it was weird that they brought Gates McFadden back to reprise her role, and yeah, she's still alive. Yeah, and she's playing bring... with a bunch of dead people. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's a good point, because, yeah, she's still alive in the series, Mm -hmm. And we actually, in the series, I think most of these people are still alive or assumed yeah. to be. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. But also, it's like there is such a like a large cast that you can pull from that of people that are still alive. You know, like you know Walter Koning, like you can bring him back. Right. Like you know Will Shatner's like chomping at the bit to return, <laughs> but yeah. I, he wouldn't. He wouldn't settle for like any. I role. know. Yeah, and he wouldn't be subservient on mm -hmm. that bridge. He, no, he'd, not he'd, at like, all. he'd like he'd like. Doll, step aside. I'm taking over this bridge. <laughs> yeah. like, Wait, I, this is my program. <laughs> this is my show. Shut up. And, uh, <laughs> Shut up, kid. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Tell your diaper about it. <laughs> and then, yeah, like any number of people that could have potentially returned, but they but they chose like mostly dead people, which is very strange. Very strange. I mean, they don't have to pay them. <laughs> I guess they don't have to pay them, yeah. You don't you gonna have to pay the dead. It's just like when, like, you know, Litter Nimoy got mad um, when uh, they were using his face in advertising and stuff, like, when he was when uh, he was on Star Trek and mm -hmm. he went alive, like, he found out that his likeness was being used to sell a lot of shit, and he yeah, didn't, which, wasn't getting any money for it. Yeah, which is why he, like, uh, was really hesitant to sign up for the first couple Star Trek films, mm -hmm. just because of that whole fiasco. Yeah, but, I mean, maybe, like, you know, um, his son maybe approved the use of... Uh, his likeness for this oh, who knows adam nimoy needs some cash yeah adam nimoy needs that money hell yeah so uh you want to dive right into star trek prodigy i can dig it all right star trek prodigy season one episode 11 asylum more like ass island <laughs> got him uh released today yesterday october 27th 2022 written by dan and kevin hagman the creators of the show Hmm. Are they brothers or? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and directed, or, husband, or husbands. I think they're brothers. And uh, directed by Steve In Chang On, who did an episode of The Boys and is also the hmm. current story head on the new Avatar movie. Oh, Harold's yeah. Yeah, right? Which is crazy. Um, oh, yeah, that uh, two more months. Hmm? 
Kill yeah. or Avatar. Uh, you want to go uh, see that at like the fucking IMAX at uh, Seattle Center? That's like, the yeah. best IMAX. Are they selling tickets yet? Not yet. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. Probably, it's probably going to be a minute before we can see it. <laughs> There's probably going to be sold. Everything will be sold out. <laughs> but the thing the thing that's cool though is like especially for big movies like that mm-hmm. uh, usually for the first week they'll or the first weekend or the first week they'll do 24 hours oh and shit so yeah they'll play it at like 4am and I'd be totally down to see a 4am I'd like, go to 4am that's how I saw like I mean Star Wars The Force Awakens and mm-hmm. actually Avatar is I think I saw it at like 4am nice yeah because uh, it was just like there's demand people see it whenever yeah sick as hell I mean I already like uh, I already stay up for 24 hours usually sometimes well, that sounds <laughs> like uh, that's a torture technique so yeah trying uh, to drive myself insane well looks like you've already uh, gotten to that destination yeah uh, I mean, <laughs> speaking of driving and cars and stuff <laughs> so uh, it's also directed by Sung Shin who's done four episodes of the show so far hmm yeah so uh, we open on a shot of the ocean with some humanoid sea creatures swimming into view Above them swims some kind of whale, which they chase after and throw spears at. Suddenly, a sea craft follows behind them, and we hear the voice of Dahl saying that they have to follow the prime directive and that the sea poachers can't know that they're saving this thing. Gwyn responds that this thing is an aquathon, one of the last of her kind on which the ecosystem depends. It's taking a lot of us, like... There's so much information here, and it's like, <laughs> it's it's also like, it's presuming a lot of information. Yeah, like, are we sure, sh- like, how sure are we of this? And it just seems like they're, they're, um, it does feel like they're asserting their morality on, on an, a um, native culture. On a native culture. It definitely seems like that. And... Um, and also, suppo- presumably, if these people are warp, uh, pre-warp, mm-hmm. like then there should be completely hands off. Yeah, they shouldn't be on the planet no matter what. Like, yeah, they should been... just let them develop because that's what you do with pre-warp civilizations. Yeah, I mean, there's like an episode. Yeah, I mean, like there's an episode of TNG where like you know Data actually you know is trying to help out that kid on the planet with the volcanoes that are about to right. <laughs> fucking go off and kill everybody, and they're like, we can't mess with them, and Data still does, but it's just like, yeah, like you have to just kind of be little hands off with pre-warp because like you know if that's what's what they decide to do that's what they decide to do yeah and it's super funny to me because they're like doing all this stuff to like try to make themselves look good to starfleet mm-hmm. but i think they just completely misunderstood the prime directive and when they bring this to starfleet starfleet's gonna be like you did fucking what yeah you yeah. just you just do these people to death like that were trying to f- they were trying to eat. Yeah, that, that was their, <laughs> that's their only source of food. Yeah, mm-hmm. you might see them as poachers, and that may be the last of their kind, but you literally killed out the most advanced species on their planet mm-hmm. because, you know, you inserted your own colonialist morality over them, which is fucked up, man. Yeah. Anyway, so they see the quote-unquote poachers and follow fast. Uh, Jen Kim asks why he agreed to be fish bait. Dahl says that when they finally get to Starfleet, it'll be better to be known as the kids who did everything they could to help the galaxy rather than the kids who stole the protostar, which they'll still be no matter what. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, they they like they were kind of given no choice. 
this? Yeah. I mean, like. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, they definitely saved a lot of people. You know, they liberated a lot of people. And also, like, it was an abandoned ship. I think that's the thing is they didn't steal anything. Mm -hmm. They didn't take it from anybody. No. And if they didn't take it, someone who was malevolent would have taken it. Yeah. To use as a weapon. So I think they they did a good thing here in the eyes of Starfleet. Yeah, they did did the space claim. Yeah, on it. There's like this, you know, it's banned. Salvage, yeah, salvage, yeah. yeah, salvage rights, dog. They did. Uh, they didn't know Ryan. They don't have to go back to Federation if they wanted to. No, they can just jerk off in space, go find <laughs> Q, and see if uh, fly as fast as they can into a star. Yeah. Why not? Who cares? I mean, yeah, Q's still alive for another like ten years at this point. They can go like yeah. look at his butthole for a decade. <laughs> so, um, uh, as they're approaching the poachers quote-unquote poachers, native peoples, (laughs) Uh, Gwyn suddenly has a flashback to a repressed memory of her father telling her about the protostar being a weapon meant to be uh, brought to Starfleet so it can destroy Starfleet. Dahl wonders... What does this cryptic message mean? It's like, oh, it's a weapon? (laughs) What's a weapon? What's a weapon? What could a weapon be? We give it to Starfleet so it destroys them. What could he mean by this? God, I need to talk to the Oracle. (laughs) The Oracle Mm. Um. So, and she doesn't tell anybody about her dreams. Or no, 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 no. Worries. She's having acid flashbacks while doing this thing. So, so you know what sucks? Mm. Acid flashbacks aren't real. Interesting. Not real. Mm. Never. Yeah, never done it. Yeah, it'd be great because, like, I mean, I'm I'm adjusting my neck all the time, and it's, it's like, just, come on, I, I give me free acid. <laughs> Fuck, I paid for this shit. <laughs> give me high. No, that that shit doesn't exist. The whole, like, your spinal fluid dripping down or something because of mushrooms, also completely fake. Mm-hmm. Like, a- acid and, and psilocybin are, like, completely non-toxic, harmless oh, yeah. substances. Like, it's nearly impossible to overdose on them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, psilocybin, like, just makes you see some really cool shit. Hell yeah, it does. Or some yeah. really weird shit or not cool shit. You can, yeah. like, you see all, all types of shit. Yeah, last time I saw potatoes on the ceiling. Like all the boards were like blowing out and becoming instead of straight boards becoming like lumpy potatoes. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that's a cool blowout. It's a lot cooler when someone does a blowout in a diaper though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Oh, I know what you're saying. Looks like we got a chili cook off in here. <laughs> oh, looks like looks like you won the brown ribbon, baby. <laughs> that's better than first prize. You get it. You get it. That's <laughs> the number two prize. You get the key to the city of Brown Town. <laughs> <laughs> Brown Town leads to Pound Town. They're, you know, they've got a sky bridge connecting those two. Uh, so, um, Dull wonders what's wrong with Gwen as she's having her weird memory, mm-hmm. just as the Aquathon swallows them. So it lets us know Aquathon swallower, not a spitter. Yeah. Pretty cool to know. It's interesting that the uh, Aquathon chose to uh, eat in the middle of being chased and then uh, nearly killed. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But also, like, um, I mean, if you let a sea creature suck your dick, which one would it be? Preferably one without teeth. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, I mean, the, it's it's kind of like none of the ang- none of the anglers the anglers seem to have oh, like no, they have really no. long teeth. No, I mean you know like maybe a filter feeder or something like a, a whale, oh yeah yeah some cool whales with like baleen that could probably feel really funny on your teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm thinking like you know one of those uh, the sucking the 
sucking motion thing. Mm. Like I feel like a seahorse has kind of like dick sucking lips, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think seahorses definitely uh, have dick sucking lips. I mean, a lot more. I mean, seahorses are also very small, so they're perfect for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. High five! High five! Team micro penis <laughs> in the house. Willy, 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 willy. <laughs> Uh, oh man, you too? Why don't we call this micro penis <laughs> trick? That would have been a better name for the podcast. <laughs> uh, so in the belly of the beast, uh, Jenkim says he's promised he'd never be eaten alive again. What's up? Oh. Uh, Dahl uses his comm badge and calls Zero for some help. Suddenly, the Aquathon is beamed onto the ship, confusing the poachers. Yeah, that would be pretty fucked up to see when you don't they're have like, any concept of. Uh, they're like, we hunted this for three days, and now, <laughs> yeah. now we've tracked it for three days. Our families are expecting us to bring home food. Now the old and the children will have to starve. <laughs> we must cull the weak. It's the only way. Send the old women out of the village first. <laughs> the old men will have to leave tomorrow. <laughs> um. So uh, I have to wonder if. Uh, no, I already we already talked about that. And why is there no other stuff that these people eat in their sea? Like seas are typically teeming with life. Well, like, so see, we we don't know that. Yeah. So they could actually be poachers. So this could be a case where they've actually done the research and they're like, oh yeah, they are poachers from like different things. I don't mm. know because they're definitely like from a pre-war planet, so they have to probably be from that planet. So they are native populations, and so they are definitely interfering with what a native population is doing with a. I assume very minimal information Yeah, because we don't have information and it doesn't give us any more information to where like we know they're poachers because dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And there are a bunch of kids who have never been to this planet. So, right. They're a bunch of like 17 and an eight year old (laughs) making decisions about what to do to a planet and their culture. So I can see like them fucking up a lot. Very colonialist attitude. I don't like it. And also, it's just breaking the prime directive on all on all counts. Yeah, really. yeah, they're yeah, they're just like you know what. But Janeway seems to be like okay with this. She's like, yeah. Janeway hates the prime directive. Of course, she. No, yeah, that's true. So, so of course, like, uh, uh, hollow Janeway is just like fuck that shit. Yeah, the, pr- the fucking prime directive can suck my penis directive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so on the protostar, uh, the Aquathon barf up the ship, and Rock asks what they've been doing. Hologram Janeway says they've almost been breaking the Prime Directive, and Dahl says he's happy to see her too. Janeway says they're almost to safe relocation waters for the Aquathon, and Jenkins says something else is about to relocate as he takes a big shit in his diaper. <laughs> relocate some food right into his poopy sack. You know he just I mean? lets loose. Yeah, just, <laughs> nobody actually like no one else is around. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you know we have a toilet, and he's like, "I don't care. <laughs> this is what makes me come." <laughs> he's like, "I don't give a shit." Jenkins wants to come like this. <laughs> um, so Zero asks Gwyn what happened on the planet. If it was another one of her visions, mm. uh, she tells her about the weird vision, and Zero promises to not rest until her memories return. But Zero is, you know, kind of a non-corporeal entity that doesn't mm-hmm. sleep. So, I mean, Zero is not going to rest regardless. Yeah. So, well, you know, so. Zero might have, like, some shows that are watching or something. 
Oh, true. <laughs> I, I like to watch my stories. Yeah, like, you know, just like not every ever has to be spent like working, you know, and chill. Yeah, d- well, I'm sorry. Do you live under capitalism? <laughs> I do. Patrick, I do. you set up. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I believe you just disrespected our founding fathers. <laughs> uh, go get the self flagellation dildo. It's, uh, it's time, Not time again. For, for 50 pumps, brother. <laughs> sorry. This is what Jesus wants. Why does it have to be barbed like a cat's <laughs> penis? <laughs> it's knotted like a dog's penis, also. I told you. It's intersectional. <laughs> It's intersectional to all furries. Just make sure you don't let the knot in. <laughs> no, no, that's the point. Let the knot in. Um. So, um, suddenly Rock yells excitedly that the Aquathon, uh, we're going to call it Aquafina from now Yeah, Aquafina. Or Aquafina. Oh, Aquafresh. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Aquafina, the, the racist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actress slash rapper. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is it you or me who wants to take the Aquafana step and do the rest of this episode in African-American vernacular? I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> All right. Well, I be doing it then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, suddenly Rock uh, excitedly says that the Aquathon is pregnant, and Janeway suggests that uh, they get the expectant mother safely home, so they beam it back to the planet uh, next to another one of her kind, presumably a male. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Over with Dahl, he gives a brief recap. I, I, I think it'd be amazing if that was like the whale's abusive husband that she was like originally running from and they just beam it right back. Where were you? Where were you, whale bitch? <laughs> I've got something for you. I came back from whale work and you were gone. See Andy Cap. <laughs> That's what's coming for you. I was having a few sea beers, and I'm, I'm and I've got the anger in me. <laughs> I like, I like whale, I like whale work. That's pretty good. Yeah, whatever whale, whatever whale work that whales, whatever job whales have. Yeah, eating krill. Yeah, making noises, making songs. Maybe he's a musician. Oh, yeah. The, the beer. I had a couple American red whales. It's an ale joke. Um, it's a joke about how whale sounds like ale. Oh, I got you. I got you. Hell yeah. You don't see that pun a lot with beers. Like, you think like more people would do like a, like a whale pun. Yeah, you think they would. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. Mm, we could make the first whale beer. It's not going to be the first whale beer. I think it'll be the first whale beer. That's where you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, we should make a whale beer, but then like just call it like the the, um, the undiscovered country. Wait, yeah. No, not the undiscovered. The journey home. Is that right? Yeah, the journey home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I get. I get mixed up. Just because like the last three have titles that like don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you got like no the voyage home. Sorry, yeah, the voyage home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you got the voyage home. Uh, you got uh, the undiscovered country, and you got the final frontier, and I'm like, what? Like, wh- why? None of them really make sense in context, except for undiscovered country. At least has the Shakespeare line in it, mm-hmm. where they say undiscovered country. But the other two, I'm like, what? That has nothing to do with anything. Like, four should have been called like Star Trek: 
fucking whales, bro. Yeah, I mean, I think it is, yeah, mostly known to people as, like, the one with the whales. Yeah, and then it's Star Trek like, 5. As, as a friend's title. Yeah, the final frontier <laughs> should have been, like, Star Trek 5. Fucking God. Or, like, what does yeah. God need with a starship? <laughs> um, Shatner versus God. No, yeah. Shat, yeah, Shatner v. God would actually, that's a compelling title for a movie. I'd watch that sight yeah. scene, basically. <laughs> so, um... Over with Dahl, he gives a brief recap of the first half of the season, uh, saving the unwanted from the Diviner, basically. He says it's a memory they'll always have, except for Gwen, since she caught a reflection of Zero's true form uh, from when they were using it to drive the Diviner mad and save the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, He continues saying since then they've been doing good deeds on their way to Federation space and to Starfleet, trying to make a name for themselves and hopefully be accepted into Starfleet. Just then, they approach the First Federation comms relay station in hopes they'll be taken in. Rock notes that it's not the best first impression to roll up in a stolen starship. Then, once again, not stolen. Yeah. Found. Um, Saying they'll be liked or it's about to get real awkward. Real awkward, Aquafina. Uh, yeah, like um, once again, and then you said it, so now you have to do the entire. Uh, <laughs> see, what's a you get to do an impression of um, Tiny Lister. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. The rest of the episode. From which movie? Um. Ooh, wasn't he in Life? Remember Life? Oh, yeah, I think the, he was in prison life. film. Yeah. Was he the guy who was like, you going to eat your cornbread? <laughs> I think he was that guy, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, mm. he was really good in that movie. And he was in Fifth Element. you going to eat your cornbread. That was his iconic line from Fifth Element, too. <laughs> it was. I, I, think, I think he says that in every movie it's, he's in. It's his titular line. His titular line. The Friday movies is just like, you know, he just walks in. Yo, yo, get your cornbread. <laughs> and then he just walks out, and they're like, damn, cornbread. Oh, that is his titular line. Tiny, tiny cornbread listener. <laughs> he writes all of his own lines. <laughs> he does. <laughs> In a world with cornbread, <laughs> you're going to your cornbread. It's part of the, corn, uh, the cornbread universe of movies. <laughs> the, the cor- <laughs> Kevin Fage introduces the Cornbread Universe. <laughs> Cornbread Man, part one. The CBU. <laughs> stay, stay, stay past the credits for the for the cornbread surprise. A recipe for a new kind of cornbread. <laughs> Eventually, if you watch all the movies, you get all the cornbread recipes. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's only one cornbread recipe. Uh, not so fast. Uh, I believe there's a jalapeno cheese cornbread. Ooh, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Cornbread can really have whatever you want to be put in it. Yeah. What would you put in your ultimate cornbread? It kind of depends. Like, I kind of do like, I do kind of <laughs> like how. You can't put Depends adult diapers <laughs> in your cornbread. <laughs> That's not edible, Pat. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you can have it, you can, you know, plain cornbread, you can usually take both ways. You know what I mean? Like, you can have it, like, you can have it, like, in the front or in the back. You can have it sweet 
you can have like it have it, make it into like a sweet treat mm-hmm. or you can have it with like a savory dinner now i've not, i've never actually made like a dessert cornbread of you yeah yeah you just put you can put what like well like what i typically do also i do this with like uh biscuits is like i usually like do, like put like you know strawberries whipped cream or some shit oh, on that it. sounds pretty gay <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and you can do the same with like cornbread. Just like put cool shit on it. You know, little desserty things on it. Cool shit like Cool Whip. I've had it with ice cream. Okay. It's pretty good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cornbread and ice cream. It's tasty. Yeah. yeah. Do some fruit fruit compote. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How about Truman Capote? Hey. Yeah. You know, why not? I have a little breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. That's what I call cornbread that's uh, in the morning. <laughs> that's what I call <laughs> Truman Capote's <laughs> semen. <laughs> especially when i suck his dick in the uh, tiffany's uh like uh, jewelry store you know i have a hot take i don't think philip seymour hoffman's capote um impression was as good as the as the other guy as the other movie i think it's called uh unforgivable or whatever what was it yeah called? yeah so truman capote like so um his impression is just an impression of himself yes like philip seymour hoffman is a great actor but he always plays himself he does he always plays a guy who enunciates his words quite a bit. Yeah. Like, and you know, I, I actually, uh, I saw him right before he died. Oh really? Uh, yeah. I was at the comedy cellar in New York and, uh, Hmm. Chris rock came in to try to fucking open mic and try out some of his jokes. And he fucking bombed. He sucked so bad, dude. It was crazy. But, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was with Chris rock. Hmm. Right. That's interesting. Very interesting. No, but the infamous with Toby Jones playing him is actually is like his his impression yeah. is excellent. Very good. Like Toby, jo- like it, like yeah, the infamous movie. I, I was just like, Oof. Mm-hmm. like I love Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I feel like Toby Jones did a better capote there. Yeah, it'd be a lot cooler if he smoked a ton of weed and he was Philip Seymour Kaufman. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh! <laughs> you gotta fill up Seymour Hoff to get off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, anyway, Shit. so just then they approach the first Federation comms relay station in hopes they'll be taken in. Rock notes that it's not the best in first impression to roll up in a stolen ship. Hologram Janeway spruces up Dahl and mothers him a little bit, putting his comm badge on straight and adjusting his uniform and checking his diaper for a poopy. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have any, so she asks him to make one for her. <laughs> <laughs> I like we've, <laughs> we've taken the diaper joke we've murdered it we've brought it back from the dead we've murdered it again we've made an entire series out of it like the walking dead <laughs> He's the Starfleet. We'll see right through him. <laughs> and his poopy diaper. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> Doll worries that Starfleet will see right through him. And Janeway says he, uh, that's what he should do, is that's how they see who you truly are. Saying that sometimes the hardest thing to do is take a leap of faith. 
Hmm. Uh, faith of the heart. Faith of the heart. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Faith of the fart. <laughs> faith, faith of the... I, I had faith of the fart, but unfortunately, <laughs> I should have been uh, wearing its pants. <laughs> so, Doll laughs and hugs Hologram Janeway, which she says is a new experience for a Hologram. Yeah, like, it, it does... She does go between, like, corporeal and corporeal. I know, which is weird. Yeah. Do you think Moriarty can, can, uh, can come? Yeah. Or do you do you think the EMH can come? Do you think the Doctor can come? And at what point in the series do you think he can come? I mean, he does like he does seem to like he you know he does like you know had that part where you know he had like a hologram family and stuff. So true, but he also had that scene where he massaged uh, Kess's feet, and he didn't like physically, you know obviously come so mm-hmm. i'm like eh, i don't think he can yeah i mean i think it i think it, he can definitely just have like con- complete control over it mm. so he can do whatever he wants oh yeah you think he has like that <laughs> the, 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 he does keggles all the time yeah yeah well, that makes sense but also you kind of wonder like he he te- technically doesn't have anything unless like it appears because like like it's kind of like odo where his skin where his suit, his uniform is his skin. So you're saying the EMH has like a Schrodinger's massive dong. Yeah. Like he could have a fucking like fucking arm in there. Like a oh yeah fucking it baby could, arm holding an apple. Yeah, yeah. It could be just like <laughs> swinging down there like a grandfather clock, but yeah. it could also be like a Ken doll. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So it's like yeah, the Schrodinger's dong. Schrodinger's dong. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like uh, and really, it's his. It could be his decision because I think he does have control over his own programming at some point. You know. True, and he'd, so. he'd give himself a big old penis. Absolutely, yeah. and plus, like when uh, also like uh, does show like you know the future. I think it was it the last episode where they show like you know what if you know when they make it home, and does show him like years later, and he like has a wife that's like a human, right? And then like uh, so I'm guessing he's like interesting going going to Pound Town. Yeah, does anyone <laughs> buy him as straight though? Yeah. I mean, like straight for like Jerry Ryan on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very specifically. Mm. You know, she's a very beautiful woman. <laughs> um, so the protostar extends a shield-generated bridge onto the comm relay station, which is weird and something I don't think I've ever seen before, and something kind mm-hmm. of like unnecessary. Yeah, like they could beam there. Mm. Beam there? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that did seem it did seem very weird. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah, it seems like it's something that's outdated at this point, right? Where they no longer need it. Like mm-hmm. they could just—that's the whole point behind transporters. Like you, you don't really see it used at all. Yeah, right. It's super weird. Yeah. So Dahl asks if everybody's uh, ready as they walk into their very first Starfleet station. Walking into the station, it seems empty, and they ask if anybody's there, announcing themselves as new refugees. Suddenly, a very anxious-seeming man runs down and apologizes, saying that usually when anybody from Starfleet visits, he gets a heads up. Mm. Yes, the head of his penis gets up, because <laughs> he gets horny. He do. So he introduces himself as Lieutenant Junior Grade Barnus Frex. Uh, who is the first Denobulin uh, Starfleet officer, mm-hmm. uh, just like Dr. Phlox, mm-hmm. who, although Denobulin was not in Starfleet, as he was a part of the Interspecies Medical Exchange Program. Mm. 
Yeah, it was before. Yeah, because he joined before Starfleet's inception. Yeah. Um. So for some reason, he's wearing two sets of pips. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the TNG ones for Lieutenant Junior Grade, and then one of the ones that like the Maquis have on Voyager. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, um, it's very so odd. He welcomes them to the Federation's furthest comm outpost, or what he calls the final frontier. <laughs> so, he pauses for dramatic effect. He does, which is kind of funny. Yeah. So Gwyn interrupts him and says they need to confess something. He immediately assumes that they might send him somewhere worse, like the Gamma Quadrant or Nimbus 3 from Star Trek V, mm-hmm. if you remember. But Dahl confesses to him that they're not Starfleet. Frex wonders if they just got free uniforms and a ship from Starfleet, and Jenkum says they stole it. But after adding a lot of information, they ask for asylum mm-hmm. and to join Starfleet. And not not uh, like an asylum picture, like uh, you know Sharknado. <laughs> like Nobody wants those. No. Uh, so Frex is a little overwhelmed, but says it sounds like they've come to the right place. Saying Starfleet welcomes all kinds. He then invites them to be put into the Starfleet database by walking into the biometric scanner, but also so he can you know see what they got in their <laughs> pants. See what they're packing. He's like. You know, I don't care what you have in your pants unless it looks tasty. <laughs> um, so Jenkum is the first to go. And Frex notes that he's Tellarite, uh, one of the Foundation's founding species, uh, which mm-hmm. intrigues Jenkum. And he also says, uh, especially for Tellarite, he is a massive fucking dick. <laughs> and and, and uh, Jenkum's like, what's a dick? And he's like, you know that, that thing that urine comes out of? And he's like, my asshole? <laughs> it's like my little finger? <laughs> he's just like and then he pulls it out and it's like bigger than his legs and yeah, yeah <laughs> just rock hard at all times <laughs> so next is rock who is revealed to be a brickar and frex asks if she wants to be a rock star but she says she wants to be a scientist and frex asks what kind of science which intrigues rock who didn't know there were multiple types of science mm-hmm. cuz apparently that information isn't on the protostar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, there was already, like, a full computer system of all the information that's right. in Starfleet. Yeah, and they had to, like, yeah, in that one episode, Time of Muck, they had to, like, learn a bunch of science and math, and they didn't know that there's different fields of science. Yeah. How did they learn? Science? Yeah, I guess I guess Rock did, like, have, like, a lot of, presuming, like, it didn't say how much time she actually spent in that other time period. Which is a thing I really want answered. Yeah. Because I'd like to know if they're still eight years old or if I can start, you know, thinking about them in a sexual way. <laughs> well, I think, I don't think it was, like, years because, like, because um, I feel like at a certain point, like, she would lose her mind. Okay, so. <laughs> because, like, she was, like, in there. What, I think you're, what you're had... saying is Rock would still be Jeffrey Epstein's favorite character. Yes. If Hillary Clinton didn't kill him. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, yeah, because, like, uh, I assumed it was, like, possibly a few days. Like, because, like. Uh, it was definitely more than a few days. Because remember, uh, before that, there's a scene uh, where in the mess hall, like, um, Rock has definitely been there for maybe weeks, maybe months, because. They have like bowls and bowls and bowls of the oh, one yeah. meal that they eat just piled up. 
Oh, that's true. And so you figure they were they'd probably been there for weeks, maybe months. Yeah. And she didn't so, know to put the put the dirty dishes back in the replicator. I know, which is like dumb as fuck. And you figure like, you know, at least someone would Yeah, some scientist. Yeah. Yeah, so I can see weeks like uh but yeah, it just seems like any more any like if it were years, like she would not like come out of that sane. It would be like being in solitary confinement. Yeah, but like are kids sane? Like, I feel like you can, like, do a lot to a kid and, like, they'll end up... Yeah, I feel like, like, at, at eight years old, you're very, like, that's, like, the developmental part of your of your brain. And, like, big, like, lots of changes going on in your head. True. So I feel like... Although, I like, feel like you'd be easily traumatized if you were... We can't really do child psycho- psychology to a uh, brick R. No, we, we can't. <laughs> we don't really know anything about it. They could be, like, a baby Yoda to where, like... Or a reverse baby Yoda. Or, like, a Kess. Yeah, yeah, like a Kess to where like, you know, they're fucking like ancient now, and like mm. you know, fucking even even though they're still eight years old, fucking Neelix is like, oh no, <laughs> definitely too old for me. Um, but yeah, like uh, I mean, we can put an eight year old and uh and like a in a room, just leave it there for for years and see how what the outcome is. Now you're talking. <laughs> now you're talking my kind of pornography. No, it's uh, like yeah, like uh, I think I think if it were years, like Rock would definitely be insane. So I think it was just like a while. Fair. Next is Gwyn, who says she won't be recognized by the biometric scanner, and guess what? Isn't. Uh, Freck says he'd rather not do the paperwork, and lists her as none of the above, which is very unprofessional. Yeah, and that also leaves lead. Leaves more questions than anything Yeah, else. and also, like, you figure, like, Starfleet would want to know about an unregistered species. Yeah. Like, they really want to know about that, because it brings up a lot of questions. This mm-hmm. So, uh, next is Murph, who's a melanoid slime worm, which was, fun fact, used as, like, an insult towards Wesley Crusher, I think, back in a TNG episode way back when. And it's odd, because Murph is way more likable than Wesley Crusher. So I feel that's more of a compliment. Yeah, probably is. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're you're indestructible and kind of like a just a dog. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, I mean, a friendly dog. Yeah, which I mean, and who doesn't want their dog to be indestructible? That's very true. Like I would love an indestructible dog that would just live forever. And like, I wouldn't want to call Wesley Crusher that. I was like, that's the last thing I want. Well, what if your dog was like like the Highlander and like it could only die by having its head cut off? And so like. All the time, there's like these evil dogs showing up trying to do the quickening with your dog, and there's constantly like sword dog sword fights going on in your living room. I'd be down with it. I would. I would definitely protect my dog. Make sure. Yeah, but I mean, you're not like a trained sword fighter like these dogs are. You no, I. You I'd haven't prob- had centuries on the highlands of Scotland to train your craft of dog sword. I'd fighting. probably buy a gun. Definitely, like I'd just be like. Guns do nothing to them. It slows have them you down. ever watched the Highlander? I have, but it slows I don't think it, you have. It slows them down. It makes them hurt, yeah, but it's like they're still going to cut your head off even though they're hurt. Yeah, but I see that's uh, how I see it is like I hit them with like, no. you know, scattershot. Win-win, I get to die. Win-win, <laughs> yeah. But I get to hit them with scattershot. It blows them to their feet, and then my dog gets to go with the, with the samurai sword and Why cut their head off. Why do I feel like you actually have a plan drawn up for this already? <laughs> Dear diary. Dear diary, if my dog was attacked by Highlanders, this is what I'd do. <laughs> uh, I believe it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you got to prepare for any outcome. Yeah, right? Yeah. <clears throat> That's why I always come out on top. Uh, if you come 
out on <laughs> top, of that, <laughs> top of that ass. On top of that diaper. <laughs> uh, next is Dahl, who says Frex isn't going to find anything, but, 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 but guess what? There's a hit. Uh-oh. And the system tells Frex he needs to report Dahl to Starfleet Command immediately. Dahl wonders why, but Frex says he's going to have to ask Starfleet Command about that. Mm. <clears throat> Uh, Freck says it'll take him some time to check them in, and in the meantime, they can make use of whatever the comm station has to offer, calling it completely automated. Mm. Which, if it's completely automated, why is he there? Next, we have a flash. Probably do repairs. Anything that goes down, I guess so. Mm. Next, we have a flashback in the protostar is being uh, christened by Captain Chakotay with a bottle. Of Chateau Picard wine. I don't know if you caught that. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's definitely Chateau Picard. Mm. Uh, Admiral Janeway approaches from behind, uh, and Chakotay pulls his pants down for her. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Chakotay acknowledges her. Uh, they hug and briefly discuss their respective promotions. Um, Admiral Janeway to Admiral. Oh. And Chakotay to Captain. Uh, Janeway asks if he's really traveling back to the Delta Quadrant after all they went through and he says the Protostar will get them there in a fraction of the time and plus he'll have her hologram there to advise him which is like what? why do you have a hologram of like a living person? like it's not them it's it's like things you programmed about them and uh, yeah he's which is just very confusing and then she's like she says uh, that's uh, the only way I told Starfleet that they'll get me to come back in into space. I'm like, okay, but which is weird because in oh, this I think, episode, I think Mint returned to Delta to the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, but guess what she does in this episode? She goes to Delta Quadrant. Ooh, wow! So it looks like there's more than one thing that'll get you back to the Delta Quadrant. You dumb bitch! Wow, I can't believe she would lie like that. Yeah, you fucking liar! You <laughs> fucking double crosser, Janeway! How dare you! Uh, she freezes. I feel like they're really missing a um, an opportunity to bring back uh, Robert Picardo because Robert Picardo. Hell yeah! I mean, he's he's awesome and yeah, he's putting very, everything. He, and he's cartoonish too. Very cartoonish He'd and be I, perfect in this. Yeah, he would chew up the scenery if like they brought also brought back like you know just like you know Chakotay brought the EMH with him or some shit. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So uh, she freezes the program and wonders why. Uh, well, she freezes the program, letting us know that this is, in fact, a holodeck program, and uh, wonders why Chakotay didn't call. Suddenly, an Andorian enters the holodeck and tells Janeway the protostar has been tracked to a planetoid in the Carina Nebula. Janeway has him set a course towards it and promises holodeck, uh, hologram Chakotay she'll find him if he's out there. Uh-oh. <clears throat> so... Back on the comm station, Rock is showing Murph all of the 196 branches of science excitedly. When they see Zero taking Gwyn to the med bay, saying that it may aid in her memory recovery, noting this sick bay is superior to theirs on the Protostar. Which is interesting. Yeah, right? Why? Um, yeah, but- I feel like I feel like <laughs> at a certain point, like all med bays, whether they be on ships or mm. at these stations are pretty much uh, standardized. Although, you know, this has probably been a few years at least since the protostar has been lost. We don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, we don't know how much time has passed. Exactly. They they haven't exactly denounced that, so we don't know for sure. So, Gwyn seems hesitant, but then says uh, she's just been afraid to ask what happened to her father. Um, 
Zero says he can't hurt her anymore, and she turns away before getting on the med bed and beginning the memory procedure. Over in the mess hall, Jen Kim is eating a pile of hot dogs and telling Dahl they call them hot dogs on Earth. Food fit for a king. And then he says, have you ever heard of raw dogging? <laughs> As he pulls out his massive, massive penis. They got some weird videos on these on these Starfleet computers. Yeah, and it's like, here's an instruction video for, have you ever heard of a prostate? Have you ever heard of J-O-I? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, there's, something, there's something there with prostate and protostar. There's some oh, wordplay. Yeah. Proto, pro, pro state star? I don't know. Mm. Um, so Dahl muses on how Starfleet knows what he is, and he's going to go there and find out. Do you want to hear my theory about who he is, right? Who, what he is now, or uh, we'll we'll do that at the end of this right. episode. Yeah. So, over with Frex, he's uploading the Proto Stars logs, uh, poo poo logs, uh, to make sure <laughs> everything checks out. And we go over to a darkened room with a beaming red light on the Proto Star, with the Diviner's voice echoing, "It is a weapon. It like, is a weapon. Like in Gwyn's memories." Suddenly, Frex's computer starts glitching out, and the station is sent into red alert as Frex wonders what kind of ship the Protostar even is. Over with Rock, uh, her computer also glitches out, and Murph is very concerned. Over with Dahl and Jenkim, the replicator starts malfunctioning and spitting out burnt hot dogs. Dahl asks, what, asks what's gotten into it, and Jenkim says, all you can eat... Uh, over with Gwyn and Zero, things go into red alert, and Zero becomes concerned, telling Gwyn to stay there as Zero tries to leave. Gwyn's tank begins filling with water and locks Zero out of the room. Zero pages everybody to sickbay, but just then, the station's weapon system turns on the station and begins attacking itself. With Gwyn in the tank, the tank is completely filled with liquid now as she struggles to get out. She sees a vision of her father, the Diviner, saying, It is a weapon, before she returns to reality, as Rock forces the door open, and they try to blast open the tank with a phaser. But it's not working, so Gwen uses the heirloom to break the tank, which she should have done earlier. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I have this thing that does anything I want at any given moment. Oops, deus ex, oopsie. Hologram Janeway pages the crew and asks them what the fuck is going on, but other than being targeted by the station, they have no clue, and Janeway asks them to get back immediately. Uh, which makes me wonder why they didn't transport away immediately after they got Gwyn, or ask her to transport them, but oh well. Yeah. Suddenly, Frex confronts them at phaser point, asking what they did to his station. Jinkum asks if he thinks that they did this, and he says everything was fine until they arrived. Just then, the bridge between them retracts. Gwyn calls to be beamed out, but Janeway says the transporter emitter has been damaged. Janeway tells the crew to find the closest escape pod and get out immediately. Freck says, tactical retreat, and runs to the nearest escape pod, closing the door behind him. Rock says he can't just leave them behind, but he tells them there's no room for saboteurs, as he ejects with the only escape pod. Gwyn commiserates that there's no way off the station, and Rock says that there has to be. 
Suddenly, Dahl looks at some helmets and says, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to take a leap of faith. Of the heart. Oh, shit. A quantum leap. Oh. Like, like Archer. Like Scott Bakula. <laughs> Scott Dracula. Uh, Count Chocula. Wait, no. <laughs> um, so... They ask Dahl if he wants them to jump off of the station, and Zero says that option isn't very sound, to which Dahl replies, in space, there is no sound, which is Got an him. awesome clapback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Uh, like, Zero's like, fucked. that's true, but that doesn't make sense, which yeah. is kind of funny. So he pages Janeway to open the shuttle bay and tosses Jenkim a helmet. Uh, so Jenkim notes that if they miss, instead of dying, they'll float forever until they run out of air. But they can always just take off their helmets. You know, they can kill themselves. Oh, yeah. They can end it right there, right then and there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they exit to the exterior of the station and begin running away from the explosions which are coming towards them. Dahl asks Rock what they do now. And Rock says that he's the captain, so it's up to him. He says that Rock is the science officer and they need to science their way to the ship with with the limited mm-hmm. science training that they've had like it's been like weeks we don't know it could yeah. have been years mm-hmm. uh rock just found out there's more than one science so <laughs> yeah. they're, 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 she's probably gu- qualified yeah i'm gonna guess she maybe just skimmed yeah like but milk baby we need you to do some complex math right now um so Rock proceeds to do a ton of head math and science right there, figuring out uh, exactly the trajectory they'll need to jump with a bunch of math, uh, head math floating around her head, right? Yeah, it reminds me of the meme. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so someone actually made a meme based on Oh, that. did they? Funny. Oh, yeah. I think Mike McMahon reposted it already. So. Oh, damn it. So she tells them to jump in 10 seconds, but then begins to second guess herself but they're forced to jump anyways in 10 seconds to avoid the explosion. They approach the protostar, but right as they get there, they're just a bit too fast and just miss it, floating farther and farther out into space. Also, I don't get, like, I would assume, like, um, those uh, suits would have some sort of propellant system attached to it. That would make too much sense, though. Yeah, because that that way they could have controlled their, their flight. And but not their bowels. Not their bowels. No. So but it would. But they would have been able to like either slow down or go left or right. And at the it, same time, you remember, uh, you remember the spacesuits in Star Trek: The Motion Picture mm-hmm. only had ten seconds worth of booster on them. Yeah, but that was that was also like you know hundred years before. Uh, mm-hmm. But also like, and they had a huge pack on them, which none of that made sense. But no. So Janeway says. Um, uh, so uh, just then a light comes out of nowhere and it's a tractor beam from the protostar and it pulls them in safely. Janeway says it's easier than catching a space whale. Rock decides maybe orbital mechanics isn't her thing. You think? Yeah. Yeah, you think eight-year-old rock giant? How stupid eight-year-old that doesn't know complicated math? You dumb bitch. Uh, Janeway wonders what would cause a station to tear itself apart and suddenly Gwyn remembers everything zero asks what's wrong and she says she remembers everything so uh back on the mining asteroid we started on at the very beginning of the series janeway's ship arrives and an away crew beams down with apparently a character played by jason alexander yeah jason alexander uh plays uh 
Dr. Noam. Yeah. What's yeah. And, uh, uh, Jamala Jamil from um, The Good Place. She's also uh, Essentia, I think her name is. Cool. And then uh, David Diggs plays um, uh, the Andorian. I didn't catch his name. Neat. So yeah. um, back on that planet with the away crew there, uh, Jamie wonders what the protostar was doing there. And they detect a faint life sign and signs of battle. Janeway scoops down to find a broken Starfleet comm badge and then is alerted to a life sign, the Diviner, floating in stasis. Janeway says she hopes he'll have some motherfucking answers. Mm -hmm. Credits roll. Bum, bum, bum. And what do you think? That was all right. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, theories and stuff. I thought it was all right, too. Uh, What do you think Dahl is? Oh, yeah. I think he is a... Talaxian. A where is it? A Kobali. Kobali. Yes. Why? Uh I'll show you. Like, do you remember the Kobali? They were no. the um the alien race in uh Voyager who um repopulated by taking dead bodies and then um and then uh reviving them and making them into their own species. That's pretty cool. And I I remember like I was like oh they the Kobali did have purple in them, mm-hmm. but then I looked, and then I looked and I was like okay they weren't that purple. But then I looked at the redesign of the Kobali. That is pretty close, yeah. That's pretty. They're definitely bald though, so I don't know about. Yeah, that. I mean oh that's the thing. He could like Dahl could be like half Kobali half oh, true, another because he does also the Kobali don't have like big ears and a tail coming out there their head but very true but i was like you know i'm getting a lot of kobali vibes maybe that's why they want to see him because he could potentially be mm-hmm. like um because the kobali take a um take um dead dead people and turn them into their own species yeah. i'm wondering if maybe before- oh he's chicote <laughs> oh my god i didn't even think of that that would be interesting that would be awesome yeah, yeah. but yeah like uh but yeah like um actually that would be the coolest thing to do with it yeah, it turns out he's he's Chicote. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Oh man, I like that theory. I do like that theory. Yeah, because yeah, we don't know where Chicote is. Like, yeah, he, that'd be great if he, yeah, if he was just missing for the last seventeen years. But it's been less time than that. So. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like they um they are are pretty much kind of like the same age they were when they died. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like, that would really wouldn't work. Yeah, it wouldn't work. But uh, but he but I was wondering if he could potentially be like someone that was. Um, from Starfleet that was killed and then turned into Kobali, and that's why they wanted him back. Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, do you have any predictions for the rest of the season? You got any idea where it's going? Or um, let's see. Um, no, it's hard to say. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I I do feel like the first part of this season does feel like it's a it's our it's a second season. It's it weird. really does. It, it, it feels like they're really trying to like only pay the animators for one season. Yeah, yeah. and like, um, and it does seem like you know when we left uh, the diviner, like I mean, I did think like wasn't there people like they gave it control over to the other miners and like he was just yeah yeah but yeah. but but then well they gave the uh, the ship the RX oh whatever. that's right they and they just the kind of them and they, they just kind of left them yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. Uh, yeah I guess I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I guess like the diviner could potentially recover his memories because they could have like a really sick, sick bay on, uh, on, um, on the ship that Janeway's on right now and mm-hmm. do the re- memory recovery thing. Mm-hmm. And 
And then he's just like, time to be evil. I guess we will see. Yeah. Well, uh, with that, uh, that is all the Star Trek for the week. Do you want to get into the Klingon word of the day? Oh, uh, yes, I do. Today's Klingon word of the day is nach. 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 It means head. If you were to use it in a sentence, you could say, Paul Pelosi got his knock. Wow. by a hammer. Wow. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Wow. Ouch. Wowie zowie. Wowie zowie indeed. Well, uh, that was a wonderful... Uh, <laughs> or, oh, I guess it's not like... I couldn't say, give me nach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, give. even potentially. Like, who knows what the kind of vernacular that they have in Klingon. Cut a hole in the diaper and give me nach. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, with that, do you want to take a trip with me into the subspace? Let's go. It's time for subspace transfer. Time for subspace <laughs> Subspace transmission. Subspace transmissions. Hey, it's subspace transmissions, motherfucker. It's that part of the show where I jerk off on camera. <laughs> With a diaper on. Oh, God. Okay. What so, are you transmissioning? Um, we'll see. It's uh, <laughs> some kind of disease. Uh, well... So, uh, this is part of the show where we go and we usually read reviews of things, but because these episodes are so new, we don't have any new anything here. So, uh, what we do have though is comments from Reddit. So we went to r slash Star Trek and got some comments on this episode. So we will start with Born Ashes, a guy who literally writes like essays on all of these things. And like, he's a prolific commenter on r slash Star Trek. Uh, in a, in a, He's got a lot to say. In an almost bothersome way, but sometimes he has some okay things to say. So yeah. we'll, we'll get into this. So uh, someone asks about the episode, uh, wouldn't the escape pod logically be infected too? That's true. Which kind of makes sense, yeah. yeah. And uh, he says, they're probably air-gapped in some fashion from the main computer's network with an absolute bare minimum operating system in order to isolate them and prevent whatever is messing up the ship from messing it up. In turn, in order to help whomever is actually using the escape pod to survive and escape whatever caused them to use it in the first place, I'm guessing it's also an independent dumb system and dead drops and accelerates the pod away from the station once activated. This prevents anything from piggybacking on the escape pods because this ain't Starfleet's first rodeo with hacking and viruses and AI after all. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Continues. So either escape pods are very well protected against this kind of infection or they're just simply too dumb for them to be affected at all in any kind of meaningful way, so much so that the virus can't even use them as a vector period. It would be like a computer virus from Star Trek trying to hijack a ship from Battlestar Galactica. Mm -hmm. The ship still flies, but there's no real way for the viruses to move around or really do anything, and as such it probably ignores dumb things like escape pods in favor of more lucrative and useful target vectors. Uh, next question that's asked is 
how is Janeway covering so much space? And he responds, I think the implication was that her ship was a slipstream drive because it does look like the Dauntless, but also plot force. Yeah. Which I agree with that. I mean, it is definitely a new design ship that she's on. Um, yeah, like, and she was able to just make it there and lickety split. She was, yeah, which apparently it's supposed to be somewhere in the Delta Quadrant. So maybe she has, like, a proto-star drive, too, on her thing. Yeah. Uh, I really don't know. It'd be interesting, you know, I mean, it would be, like, uh, you know, a way for, you know, Janeway to visit a lot of, like, Voyager planets. Yo, you know, this is a good way to bring back Neelix. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I want Neelix back. Go, go tell it to your diaper. <laughs> uh, next, we have the nerd chaplain. Says, um, yeah, the nerd chaplain comments on a lot of these too. Yeah, he does. Uh, he says, uh, I rewatched the first. Uh, I think that was the last voice I used, wasn't it? So he mm-hmm. says, I rewatched the first half of the season last week just to get reacquainted. It's nice to see these kids progressing, and Rock Tack is officially a science officer after her time alone for too long back in time amok. Saving whales and not breaking the Prime Directive is referencing both Into Darkness and Star Trek Four, though of course you knew that already. Let's not miss that champagne bottle being thrown against a protostar's hole is a nice reference to Star Trek Generations. It may not be Lower Decks' level of reference density, but I love these little Easter eggs reminding us that this ain't just kids in space. This is really Star Trek. I have to admit, I was a little suspicious of that officer at first, but he seemed okay for someone who had been left alone for a really long time. The credits at the end of the episode were quite interesting. Of course, it was lovely to hear Kate Milgrew and Robert Beltran's voices again as the real characters, but Jamila Jamila's added to the cast is the Trill Ensign, David Diggs is the Endorian, and Jason Alexander, of all people, is credited as Dr. Noom. Though I didn't catch exactly who that was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was, yeah, the Tellerite. Interesting. Yeah, he only has, like... A line, yeah, one line. Which is like, why would you use Jason Alexander for that? Like, just... and it's on the and his voice is also modified. Yeah, which I thought was it's like, or or maybe he's doing a voice, but yeah, just yeah, it was. It, you could kind of subtly hear it, but I have to hear him sp- speak more. All right. uh, next, we have Smilodon eighty forty eight with a truly ignorant comment. Oh says, shit! Uh, Words cannot express how much I love the opening sequence, saving the whales. Love the Into Darkness homage, and the submarine chase reminded me of the Phantom Menace. <laughs> no wonder it takes forever to get these episodes. They're just throwing all the money on the screen to get these visually stunning sequences working. I will say, like, uh, the CGI water and stuff. Look it looks great. Good. No, the yeah. show looks great. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, in the, the design of it, it does kind of look like CGI with kind of like a hand-drawn element to it. Some of it, yeah. Yeah. So... Bummer that we get a Denebulan Starfleet officer and he gets screwed over like that. But I suppose the kids had to find out the Diviner's weapon somehow. Let them see you. Hologram Janeway is very much excelling at being apparent to these kids. We'll make her inevitable confrontation with real Janeway that much better, I bet. What? Inevitable confrontation? Why would they confront each other? I don't know. One's a, I mean, one's a hologram version of the other one. Yeah, they'd probably be like, "Oh, hello!" <laughs> it's like, yeah, we get along instantly. They tried to kill each other. That'd be yeah. super fun. <laughs> there can only be one. <laughs> oh yeah, they turn into a Highlander. Thing. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, next we have a line. Your rebuttal is 
correct, but still nonsense. Wonderfully qu uh, quippy Zero is back. Haha. <laughs> Animated Chick uh, Chakotay looks great, but I'm really digging David Diggs as the Andorian commander. His voice has a great and unique timbre to voicing an Andorian. Great double helping of Trek this week. Prodigy is a show that moves fast and isn't as episodic as you'd expect from a children's show. It is definitely throwing you a... Uh, uh, Throwing a lot, you building upon and building upon a lot of stuff from the past ten episodes. Whatever, um, the saving the whales thing, as we talked about before, colonialist bullshit. Yeah, not okay. Not okay. At all. Yeah, let the people eat food. Yeah, let them eat their fucking extinct whale. <laughs> no one cares. It makes it taste better. Yeah, like the ext the extinction is seasoning. <laughs> Ah, it's forbidden. The forbidden <laughs> fruit of the sea. <laughs> Whale. Uh, so next we have um, Sam Attic says, uh, What if Dole is just a genetically engineered Illyrian? It's illegal for him to be aboard federal Federation relay stations, which would actually kind of make sense if mm -hmm. it was genetically modified, and that's why he had to be reported. Yeah, and somehow they, mo they decided to modify a tail on the back of his head because... That makes sense. Yeah. And, and a tail on his butt, too, because remember, he's tail butt. Oh, yeah, his tail butt. Tail butt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so maybe he isn't a Kobali. I don't know. I'm still I'm still holding out hope that he's somehow Kobali. Yeah. Because what if, like, yeah, Kobali just had a child with, with someone with someone else? Could, but I'm not sure if they can even... With a Cation, because Cations have tails. Oh, shit. There you go. But I'm also not sure if, like, the Kobali can reproduce... Um, and have like, you know, like children that aren't from from dead bodies. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. So next uh, we got a response from Erica Bloodaxe who says, "I think the progenitors are the changelings. Personally, they already do genetic manipulation like the progenitors, and were also probably the preservers. We know they saved an uplifted species." Mm interesting thought that he could be a changeling and just doesn't know it mm, that could be it yeah which would be an interesting way to take it but all right all right next we're week. like yeah one of the genetically modified um races of the that the changelings made uh yeah yeah that's true like a kind of a like a vorta or a jemhadar type thing mm -hmm. created that's that's something i didn't think about i mean because yeah. They're found like he's found way out in the Delta Quadrant. So maybe there's, mm. um, maybe he's like the last of his kind of like something that the Borg destroyed. Well, he mm. could he could be like the the same race as Guinan. Yeah, but they all, they look they look human. Are they humanoid, or does yeah. she choose her form in some way? No, because remember, um, uh, Malcolm McDowell was also one of one of them. The Illyrian. That's right. That's so, right. So and, yeah, and, and so I think most of the, most other people on there were were them as well. Right. But yeah, they just looked human. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, we're going to close out uh, subspace transmissions on this uh, this big old comment right here. Holy shit. That's another one that ends with born ashes responding to a bunch oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Uh, this one starts out with um, uh, SCP-10 million says, So Starfleet knows what doll is and he gets treated like the Omega Molecule. He is Janeway's salamander child, isn't he? Ooh, Which I really a... like that theory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I am goddamn Batman, says in response <laughs> to that. There's a threshold lizard doll on Prodigy Game. It belongs to doll. Which I didn't know. That's kind of funny. 
Um, that's the video game that they released earlier this year. Oh, they have a Based video on game? Prodigy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. got a Prodigy video game. Uh, next, Erica Bloodaxe, speaking up again, thanks, Erica, says, That would be insane. I hope it's true. Maybe finding them was one of the ship's missions. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe Chakotay was just like, I'll bring back uh, um, Janeway and Tom Paris's children. <laughs> yes. Maybe. Lizard children. I love that, actually. That'd be a fun idea, but they would never do that. I also liked how the lizards were supposed to be like the next stage in, hu- in uh, human evolution. Yeah. Uh, but they seem like completely useless. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they can. he could like pick up Janeway and that's about it. Yeah, he's just like, ah. They, they just like kind of just crawled out of the sea. It seemed like they were like actually like to a more primordial form, but they're just like, just supposed to be like the, the humans fully evolved of some kind. maybe like devolution is the next step oh yeah point. return to monkey oh yeah are we not return to, return to lizard we are devo yeah d-e-v-o so uh born ashes now says um uh if this turns out to be true and entire believable if her and tom's lizard kids kept her uh, kids kept hyper evolving until just like in blink of an eye, they figured out a way to slow it down and then began to evolve at a normal rate. Their DNA sequences would have been scanned into Voyager's database by someone's tricorder and then uploaded to Starfleet at some point. I'm sure someone in command had a what moment when they noticed that little report and then flagged the DNA sequence in the database so that it if it were ever encountered again, then the brass would be notified, but not for any kind of nefarious reasons at all. It's because Janeway just wants to meet her kids. Mm. Interesting. Theory. You know what? You know, I'm starting to believe this. Yeah, I kind of like, like this theory a lot, actually. This is kind of dope. And it, it would make sense why um, Janeway has returned both as, like, you know, a hologram and, mm. um, and as herself. And, uh, yeah, because we don't have much of a... Yeah, we don't know where Janeway's story really goes mm-hmm. yet, right. but beyond this point. So, yeah, I mean, Matt, yeah, she could just be reunited with her child. So. That is, that'd be honestly a brave, bold move, but I don't think they'd do it. Yeah. Because it's, it's wild and referencing like everyone's least favorite episode of Voyager. Speak for yourself. I love the Lizard I know. Episode. I fucking love Threshold. Threshold yeah. fucks so hard, dude. Yeah, it would be weird to explain to like ch- kids who have never seen Voyager. Right. And, th- and that and that would finally answer the question, is this made for 10-year-olds or 40-year-olds? Yeah, because um like kids don't know who the fuck Chakotay is. They don't know who Janeway is. No idea. And um don't care don't who Chakotay care. is. I mean, I guess like they're not they're not really like, you know, you know, they are introducing them in kind of like just neutral terms. Like, you know, there's imply it implies a lot of history between these. That's two, the but- problem is that like it implies way too much at some points. Just yeah. like the line like, Oh, you're going back into the Delta Quadrant after all we went through out there, like there you're literally there's a, you need that information. a three second implication of seven years worth of television. There, yeah. Which is like doesn't really cut it. No. So yeah, like it is. Yeah, you do wonder if this really is meant for kids. Like, but I don't know. I think kids. I think kids probably do respond yeah. to it. And yeah, I, mean, I think it's a thing that like adults get more excited about. But it's like a kid show that adults will be like, "Oh yeah, I'll watch that with you." If you want to watch a kid show, I'll watch that. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, like you know the something that a parent and child can can uh, enjoy together. together. Yeah, yeah, like uh, diaper porn. <laughs> 
Not so much. Uh, not for you. Not for you. <laughs> not for you. You can raise your kids the way you want. Uh, I raise my cat the way I want. So, uh, Born Ashes continues. Uh, that all makes the mom hug that Doll gave uh, Janeway uh, a big piece of foreshadowing, if true, and it gives his people a whole destiny of their own. And when the kids find them, and it will be even more awesome if the Admiral herself shows up on their doorstep as well, hot on the heels of the protostar. I'm sure the genetic engineering angle in the season trailer is a total red herring, but it's absolutely believable as well because technically speaking, they are a product of both normal and artificial genetic engineering. The normal stuff being, well, you know what I'm talking about, and the artificial stuff being the effects of warp 10, which is also mm. kind of normal if you think about it and wonder if some of uh, some other species went through precisely the same thing. I wonder if there's a whole melting pot planet full of refugee species that doll comes from. Mm. Anyway, crazy idea. Hope it's true. Yeah, actually, yeah, I like that idea a lot. It, yeah, like have like the whole like uh, mother and son. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Janeway can be like what the the only the second uh, Starfleet captain to have a child. Um, Cisco, what? Cisco's what are you talking about? Cisco's the only one with a kid. Kirk had a kid. Kirk did have a kid. He, Kirk's, he's, that kid's dead. He didn't care about that kid. Yeah. But he's, <laughs> he's, still, a, he's still a kid. Yeah, okay. All right. I so, mean, and he be... did care about that kid in only one movie, Star Trek VI, <laughs> where he uses it to excuse a lot of Klingon racism. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, his his son died, and he was more affected by the death of his uh, lover slash best friend. So. Oh, yeah. So he's like, uh, he literally traded his son's life for Spock's and was fine with it at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like literally he, he makes an allusion to it. He's like, well, sometimes, uh, people have to die Spock yeah. in order to bring our gay lovers back. Yeah. Well, you know, nothing lost. <laughs> nothing of value was lost. Hey, I can come again. I can come in yeah. another bitch. Make another one. I don't care. <laughs> I'll name him David too. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm ex that that actually makes me um more excited for uh where the series is going and mm -hmm. kind of just like kind of watch start to watch uh prodigy episodes with that with that context in mind, like that they could potentially be like, you know, her uh warp lizard baby. I mean, that would be, as I said, a bold move, and I would be so cool with that, but I don't think they'd ever do that. No, because, like, it does seem like uh, a, a 17 years has passed since, because um, it's not, like, you know, the, the current time, uh, you know, been, like, what, 30 years? Um, so this takes place in the late uh, 2380s, and mm -hmm. so this only takes place, this takes place uh, around the exact same time as Lower Decks. So this is before the before Picard, but about five to ten years after the events of Voyager. Okay, so yeah, make, I feel that makes sense that yeah. that, sh that he could have about the same age. That's actually true, because, yeah, because Threshold was season two, I think, right? Yeah, yeah um, so he, he, he uh, I think, like, him being 17 years old. That but, actually might work. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that make. oh, man, that does make sense. I want it to be the lizard baby. That would be fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, now that's something we're going to hold to. And like, if it's not, we're going to fucking lose our minds. And kill yeah. Ourselves. And I'm like, you know, uh, the Hagman brothers, not to make any threats or anything, <laughs> but if you don't do that, mm -hmm. um, you know, it sucks to lose a sibling is all I'm saying. Yeah. 
It sucks to, I don't know which one, <laughs> but it sucks to lose a sibling. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Hey, they both have the same last name. I wonder where my same. glove will go. <laughs> Ooh, looks like it's going down the diaper hole. <laughs> uh, speaking of the diaper hole, that's that's the your rear end, right? Yeah. That's near the end of our show. Actually, it's my mouth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, we're really sorry. I yeah. apologize on behalf of Soy Trek. Like, uh, no, you don't. No. <laughs> repeat, repeat it louder. Repeat it louder. This time with your dick out. Uh, so we're near the end of the show. But before we go, we are going to say goodbye to someone who gave the ultimate sacrifice to Starfleet, to the they Federation, did. and to the galaxy. It's time for a redshirt obituary. Will the away team was in a pinch and somebody had to die. So thanks a lot. Time to beam up to that big red shirt in the sky. The redshirt obituary. Today we remember Spock. Ah, uh, Spock. Who served as a science officer and ostensible first officer. Aboard yeah. the USS Enterprise under Captain James T. Kirk, after they made sure they wouldn't have a first officer because she was a woman. <laughs> um, Spock succumbed to radiation poisoning sustained after fixing the warp core during the Khan incident of 2285, putting his uh, putting the needs of the many over the needs of himself. He died a hero and was laid to rest on a new Genesis planet, and we never heard from him ever, ever again. <laughs> so rest in peace among the stars, Spock, and thanks for your contribution to the greater good. I guess. Hey, that's our show. Uh, what can we do to you on the internet? Uh, you know, just tell me I'm, I'm really cool and... Send me money, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what, what kind of money? What kind of currency are you working with? Um, um, I you know I trade primarily in monkey pictures, like uh, not actually NFTs, but um, just pictures of monkeys. Like, would you have a favorite type of monkey? Uh, I like uh pygmy marmosets actually. Oh, those are interesting. Yeah, they're they're like hand sized. They're very small. Mm-hmm. Like they're pretty cool. Like one time I went to a zoo and they were just playing with a little like a. Uh, with a, with a blanket. It was really cool. I bet they like do a lot of public masturbation too, like other monkeys. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I mean that's that's a mark of a monkey. But they're so small it's basically inoffensive. Like it's oh, not no. it's I not mean, like that's, it's that's not, how I feel about all small penises. Yeah, they're not like shooting they're not shooting like big ropes. Yeah, at I, you. I feel like if you have like a penis that's like less than three inches hard, you should be allowed to masturbate in public. Because yeah, at that, that point it's just like cute, right? It's not like yeah. threatening or anything. You're it's like, like, oh, the, the baby. oh, that's a that's a big scary cock. You're just like, eh, it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a little baby, baby cock. It's a baby. It's a, a, pig, baby. It's a, it's a pigment mama said. <laughs> So yeah, I, Look at that thing swinging so, from the tree. So yeah, if you got a pygmy marmoset that you want to send me, do it. Because you can send it to Instagram at Potomac Bomb or Twitter at the same name. Hell yeah. How about you, Britt? Uh, well, you can find me at your local glory hole. Hells yeah. Well, and that's it. That's our shit now. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you can really go find me uh, at anywhere on the internet, basically. Uh, you can. I'm at Soytrek. Uh, but you know what? Go to soytrek.com because that's where we have our merch. Or 
go to patreon.com slash dumb idiot BS. Cause yeah. that's uh that's, that's the best way to support us besides buying our merch. Yeah. Actually, Patreon's even better. Cause you know, we don't even give you anything. We just do what we regularly do and you get the episodes at a better quality earlier at the same time. And uh, we also get a shout out on the show if you uh, give $5 or more. Hells yeah. Uh, and the people who do that, who I'm going to give a shout out to are Dan Morrison, Dylan Lance, Ian Killia, Devin Saturnus, uh, Jordan Hale, who uh, I actually just watched a video on. They're like, they work in library arts. They do this cool thing about space. They use one of my memes in, in their professional like academic talk, which I was like, were they let out in handcuffs? Surprisingly, no. Well, <laughs> they also used it to like quit, which was really cool. That oh, speech. awesome! It was amazing. Oh, yeah. good for you, Jordan. Hell yeah, hell yeah, Jordan. Um, so uh, and also uh, Joanna Hearn, the newest one on mm. our uh, on the block, and Hello, also Joanna. We just uh, I just made a new tier. So as, as you may know, um, if you follow the show or anything, I have a private movie server that runs on Plex server. Mm-hmm. Uh, on which I have over 14,000 films, but I also have all of Star Trek streaming. And, you know, Star Trek, it's movies, whatever, they're spread across the galaxy in many different places now. But you know where they're all at? My my, my motherfucking server. Hells yeah. And uh, with our $10 a month tier now, uh, you get everything of our other two tiers. A shout out on the show. uh, New episodes, better quality, earlier. Bonus material, video stuff when we have it. Uh, But you know what? You also get... You get access to my fucking server. Oh, hells yeah. Which $5 a month for a streaming server with more movies than Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max combined. Yeah, I mean, they have so many mo- that's so many movies on there. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know. It's overwhelming to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, yeah, if if you if you have a good idea of what you want to watch though, chances are I have it. Especially Some say it's, it's too obscure. big, but others say it's just right. Oh yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like Goldilocks. It's like Oh, mama bear, your cock's too small. Oh, baby bear, your cock's medium, and that should just be right. But daddy bear, your cock is way too big. Britt, Britt, why are all the all the Patreon names disappearing right now? Uh, they're all, they're all, everyone's going away. Good, good. I don't feel too good, Mister Stark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the only Marvel reference you'll ever catch me making. Yeah, that, I, 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 I do like. I have absorbed a lot of Marvel information from even, memes. From memes, yeah, yeah, me too. Like I know some Marvel stuff from memes. I feel like I've basically seen the films, and I haven't seen a single Marvel movie since Guardians of the Galaxy. But I feel like I know them all. Yeah, the last one I saw was Iron Man Two. Damn, yeah, that was, that was a that, while ago. I'm that good. Shit, Hell yeah. I'm jealous. Fuck culture. <laughs> I was thinking about like I feel like I am the only person who watches movies and hasn't seen like any of the Kevin Feige Marvel movies. No, it'd be interesting to do a podcast where I just watch the Marvel movies and I'm like, what the fuck? I feel like it'd just be really frustrating. It would, but also at the same time, I think it'd be kind of worthwhile. Cause I, I hear a lot of them are like American propaganda and the farther back you go, the worse American propaganda gets. Yeah. I mean like, uh, I mean, they are financed uh, by the State Department. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, they and, do get money to... And they pay. literally have consultants from the branches of the military on set a lot yeah. of the time, which is weird. Oh, yeah. I mean, weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense for Top Gun, because it's about the military. But when you have that... And that's on, like, the only the way they can, That's the only way you can get access to, like, a lot of those... Um, those uh, yeah. planes and shit, yeah, right? But like, yeah, but yeah, as you said, Aquaman and shit like that. It's just like, what, why? It's yeah, silly. 
Yeah, I think it's because it subtly does like promote a like pro military. Subtly, yes, sure, yes, sure. <laughs> yes, subtly, real subtle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, like all the all the uh, all the subtlety of a uh, baseball bat at the back of your head. Hell yeah, God, I wish. Maybe I got a, I got an aluminum bat. You know, we should do that after this. You should take me out. Okay. Not not to dinner. I'm talking. about Oh yeah, no, I know. Permanently. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> just put give you to the big sleep. Hell yeah. <laughs> But then I'm like, who's going to big sleep me? (laughs) Hitting yourself on the back of the head of the baseball bat. Ow! Ow! That's tough! (laughs) They actually have the reverse thing where it's just like, wow. All these these blows to the head can't be (laughs) self-inflicted. There's no possible way. Speaking of blows to the head, I'm going to suck my own dick. Cool. Well, I think that's my uh, cue to get the fuck out of here. Captain's Hog (laughs) Supplemental. Well, that's all, folks. Looks like it's time for us to warp away and for me to suck my own fucking dick. (laughs) Be well, travel safe, and as Ferengi rule of acquisition number 59 says, free advice is seldom cheap. Hmm. Well, thanks for trekking with the soy boys, girls, and other worldly beans. Hang dong and shocker. Soy,